So, well, it's certainly been an interesting adventure so far. And where we left off was in the midst of this feast, this celebration they've had in Akravel, the Ekajai people, to welcome us into the Mwangi Expanse as, well, we're not honestly entirely sure yet what it is they see in us, what it is that they are interested in, or why they seem to regard us so highly. But we're not the only ones here. We've met Miss uh, Valia Argens Azimov, an explorer who we don't know much more other than she sailed from Casimir and isn't from Casimir. And clearly there's another man named Thaddeus Stoutmore, Lord Thaddeus Stoutmore. She's very uh, keen about who has made his way out into the jungles already. But before we pick this up, a couple of you fine folk here gave out a few hero points while we were winding up there. Just in case my favorite elf gets into a bit of trouble, Esvis, another hero point from Deadly Doll. What does that put you to, by the way? Is That'll put me to two now. Put you to deuce. Make sure, I'm still going to make sure visually that this little hero point counter thing works, because this is new and I don't have any trust in it quite yet. <laughs> and then uh, another one. <laughs> if I could give this to Valia, I would. So instead of that, let us give this to Rur for more hilarious competitions. He just <laughs> continues to manage to somehow win. Fill him back up there, because you are, or at least give him <laughs> and one. And who was that from? That was from DestroNuts. Oh, I don't even have to re rewrite his <laughs> name. You see, we've already got some people picking teams in the chat. <laughs> Clearly, a lot of these hero points come into a couple of you from the, from the same sources. You got supporters. You've made your impression. You guys are growing a fan club. What is it? Hob LLC is what we decided on? Hob LLC. Growing its supporter base. That's it. To help carry them via Paizo points directly through this adventure. But as we had left off, Nikita, the daughter of Renavo, champion of the Leopard Clan, had come to you amid this feast. Uh, some hours into it, some time after your pepper-eating competition, where we discovered that halflings are similar to birds and that they are completely unaffected by capsaicin <laughs> in any way. They do not, they just, they cannot taste the spicy. <laughs> she came to you with a proposal. I suppose less of a proposal and more of a scheme. As she pointed out, her father and Gelinor, one of the main hunters of the Leopard Clan, sitting together, quite close, chatting a bit across the way. Like, are we, and, are we measuring this closeness in centimeters or inches? Well, inches, probably, which she sees as the problem, really. Okay. She's big on metric. She's come to it, <laughs> yeah. We, we, this is the, <laughs> we left Barca. We're out of that now. I think we've already solidly established previously that Taldor is the America of Galarian, yep. so yeah. we didn't even start in America. We started in... Yugoslavia. Like, American colony... I guess. Or right. something. Because Iskar is a Chelish colony and Cheliax was a Talden colony. It's the Czech So Taldor, I guess, is more like the UK. Which uh, would make Cheliax yeah. America. Right, you're getting really Which isn't a comparison I'm super happy with. Yeah, but anyway. Anyway. Are we that bad? <laughs> <laughs> Are we the baddies? This <laughs> <laughs> treads dangerously. Oh. Nikita has come to ask for your assistance. And trying to perhaps hasten this courtship. Her father and Galen are dancing around each other for a decade. And life is too short, even for elves. 
Perhaps especially for us. Why don't you help me turn this festive atmosphere into one more romantic for the two of them? Can elves get drunk? I would imagine... I don't think there's a... <laughs> I, I've seen it happen. A race the span of the world that I have heard of that is immune to such vice. Maybe it's because we make our own alcohol for a living that I've just never seen any member of my family inebriated. Grandmother enjoys her berry ale too much. I think... I think we can do that. I've always known it was my destiny to help two young lovers find each other in this world. As far as my father is concerned, I'm afraid young is a bit of a stretch, which is exactly the problem! This is Elves sometimes feel like they have forever, but we do not literally have forever! Hmm. Given their time scale, this planet would be consumed in plague and fires before they made moves. Well, why aren't they? They both... They worry so much about what others would think, about what my mother would think. Is they... your mother still around? And she... That gives her pause for a moment. No. Not anymore. I'm sorry. To be fair, it is not a loss I was really even old enough to grieve. Human lifespans are so fleeting. Hence, there's an unfortunate consequence, so two will be mine. So, if not for their sake, mine then. <laughs> I only have so long to wait. Guilt! That is a fabulous idea. I like where this is going. Oh, I'm sure no uh, happy relationship was ever built on anything stronger. Look, maybe you would do best to start here speaking with them. The two of you, you went on a hunt with Gelinor earlier, did you not? Of course. You seemed quite pleased with the results. These river boar are large. A fantastic feast. I'm pleased with the results. You must have pleased. made a good impression on him. Well, not pleased with uh, his ability to put us on the spot, I suppose, but uh, we did bring back a boar. Uh, and you, Buford, my father has told me you share powers much akin to those granted upon him by Katefis. He was impressed by not only your skill, but your purity. He seemed like a real good man. But this might be a little bit more of a cultural difference as we normally get married for life, but I don't understand if, if you guys... I just don't understand uh, what kind of thoughts, you know, they're worried about what people think. Well, what will people think? Well, among is... the Ekujai and the, well, the Leopard clan as a whole, we do not have such customs. We, as far as I can tell, she stops thinking for a moment. How to put this... We, I, I am the linguist of our clan. I speak not only your tongue, but several others, and I have studied of your cultures. Ours is a more, I suppose, the clan is like one family in some ways. We are all as one. We support each other. There are, of course, the bonds of birth and blood directly, but these marriages, these unions that you have elsewhere in the world is not something we share. It is something much freer, much looser. And 
children are to be seen as a uh, gift. As a continuation of the clan and of the hopes of all of our peoples, not of only two of them. Hmm. With such an attitude, it must mean that the burdens of rearing children and supporting their cost and educating them is something that's born communally, then? Largely. Uh, of course the parents have great love for their children, but so do the rest of their peers. So do the rest of the elders. Ch it is to the benefit of everyone to ensure that the children are taught and raised well. Learned and traveled. So why would anybody think poorly of these two guys for getting together? Dude, that is not the question for me. That is the question for my mother. <laughs> I could not tell you even the beginning of why he could have concerns. Hmm. And hmm. indeed, by uh, supplying the clan already with uh, a very talented daughter such as yourself, who's performing a vital task, surely that obligation is satisfied. What about... Uh... The other gentleman. Uh, what is his name again? I'm sorry, I haven't spent that much time Gellinor. with him. Gellinor is Has the... he ever been married? I mean, bonded? Has Does he have any children? Gellinor is adopted into the Leopard Clan. Oh. He was not born as one of us. He is Ekujai. He is from the Expanse, but he was brought in by my father. Renavo saved him from a life of slavery hmm. under the Aspis Consortium, if I am to understand correctly. He has been here some years, but not many. Well, but uh, is uh, hmm, perhaps then you could uh, help me understand uh, how these, how the different clans together. For example, here, Ekujai, uh, Akravel is home of the Leopard Clan. It is. But there seems to be uh, quite a great deal of travel the between the different clan, clans the but after clan. all Renavo's mother is of the river clan and I've heard many other uh, many other leopard clan that claim uh, other clans uh, in their parentage as I said the best I can explain leopard clan is almost to us as a family as your wife and children are to you Bilford and to some extent similar traditions are maintained it is not often that children are born from appearing within the clan itself. Hmm. There is no, I suppose, taboo? real taboo against it. It's just <laughs> difficult to explain <laughs> the culture you've grown up in that just seems so normal to you, mm. to, uh, to someone from something so different. But... So in the midst of this conversation, uh, just kind of thinking about it, how much would I know about his particular religion? About uh, Renavos? Yes. Uh, let me religion check. Twenty-eight. The twenty-eight. You know the basics of Ketifus being one of the older Elven pantheon, but not like Callistria or Desna. Not one that had really been brought in to the Inner Sea region as a whole. Uh, it is very uh, a deity that is very rarely worshipped outside of elven cultures such as this. And as far as you know, it's similar. It's almost a midway between Erastal and Gazra, a god of nature, hunting, weather, and provisions. Uh, and you don't know of anything about... Ketifis or his worship that would in influence really 
anything about his romantic life or <laughs> like anything that would affect this situation. Yeah. Uh, it's, Obviously, if he worshipped, like, Calistria. Calistria, yeah. <laughs> Worship Calistria, you just go hold a holy symbol in front of him and just say, do it! Yep. Like, <laughs> uh, I think I might understand a little bit. I was adopted by my Druid clan as well. I was an outsider. Only one of my parents was a Druid. And within Was it your father? It was. Then it is a very similar situation. You will notice most of the introductions here, uh, all those of the Leopard clan had their mothers elsewhere. Mm. Typically, the children are brought back to the clan of the father to be raised there as part of that clan. But all of the clans of the Ekojai throughout the expanse, we are neighbors. We are all still brothers and sisters, allies. But it can be difficult. So for my particular Druid clan, of course, they didn't have any particular problem with me because they knew me. They were the ones who brought me into the fold. They encouraged me, but to other Druid clans, they might not accept me if they knew that I was not born specifically to them. It could be something similar. Sometimes when you're this insular, when you depend so much on each other, it can be very difficult to accept an outsider into your ranks. I have never seen my father give the slightest care of what anyone else thought of his actions. But it may not be your Much father the who's uncomfortable. But it may not be your father who's uncomfortable. If he's as close to this young man as you say he is, he may be picking up on his discomfort and trying to be sensitive to it. Maybe. Maybe. And uh, she looks back over towards the pair of them. When you follow her gaze, you see Renavo just kind of looking over the group too, and he just smiles and puts a hand up. And uh, Nikita does a quick, not lowering your hand, but front-back palm gesture that you've seen a couple times. Largely seems to be there, equivalent of a wave. And uh, I... The feast will only go on for so long into the night, and I do not want to erase their suspicions. I should go elsewhere, continue with things, but I will be around if you need me. Many of these questions could be better answered by the pair of them. But we do not have to be so direct, perhaps. You do have, you sang our songs during the Dagada. You have music where you are from. Surely you have. Yeah, we could play some music and see if we can get them dancing and talking to each other. Something romantic, set a mood. Okay, uh, I know, I and know this, a lot this of whole ballads. festival around you would be very lively and upbeat. I mean, there is a lot of music, a lot of drums around, uh, various people kind of chiming in their own melodies with their own instruments, all sort of mishmashing from every direction, but it's very jovial. It's it's festive. Mm-hmm. Not in any way <laughs> romantic. Uh, let me go get my lute. Um, I think it's going to have to be the other member of my family who's going to have to perform, though. It's not my particular talent, if you all know what I mean. Mm. And, uh, just back me up. Nikita, to the pair of you, uh, just holds up the back of, of her hands briefly. Good then. Hopefully you can solve what a decade of life in the jungle has not. Um, I'll run off to my wagon and grab my, and grab my brother's loot. And most of this uh, feasting would be in this main platform kind of near your wagon, so it's not very far. You'd be able to retrieve that in just a minute. 
Honestly, a mere decade and she already wants to push them into each other's arms. I don't see how this could possibly last afterwards. A mere decade? Gosh, I mean... No wonder, I mean, there's, no wonder so few procreating around here. You guys take forever. <laughs> well, Wait, two it, weeks before me and uh, Bonnie were married. Uh, <laughs> boggles the mind how quickly you no. so built Ackerville, they would have simply slashed the trees down and built a wooden palisade as opposed to this palace we stand in now. Would have been a lot more convenient to get to. I have a strange idea. Espis, are you feeling okay? Have you been drinking the mead? No. Okay, good. I'm sure his idea is great. I think we should do it. And they wouldn't be mead, but this this festivity would have a decent amount of alcohol with an assortment of wines they distilled from palm. So they would be something very different than, well, like everything else, most of what you had up in Isker. But there is certainly drink available. Um, I'll uh, come back um, with my loot, and I'll kind of set up not super near them, but on a platform where they can very clearly see me and hear me. Um, and uh, she, again, she looks different. Um, the the different cast has come over her face and uh, her step is jaunty and she looks super excited um, about what she's about to do. And uh, he'll sing out um, a little uh, introduction, kind of like the song that lets people know that she's about that he's about to sing to kind of get them to quiet down. And you as the as the guests here in Akravel, as you step up with an instrument of your own, most the Ekajai around you would largely fall more silent. The the music, the strings and the pan flutes around would quiet all around the center of this platform. And you could still hear some revelry in the distance. But many of the Ekajai would gladly turn their attention towards you, awaiting your performance. Music from distant lands. <laughs> the northerners are ready with their strange stringed thing. Um, so um, he would begin uh, to sing um, a ballad um, that at first has um, one harmony, and it's about uh, a half-elf who finds herself wandering um, in a forest and she has no clue how she got there and eventually she realized that um, it is it's a fae who has brought her into this land because he's fallen madly in love with her and he wants her to, to stay with him he can't bear to be without her um, and she eventually finds that she loves him too but she doesn't want to live completely outside the human world so they make a deal where she'll spend half the year with him and half the year back with her family. It sounds oddly familiar. I wonder. Hmm. Um, and he compromises with her, uh, but eventually realizes that he can't bear to be without her for even that long. And so he wipes the memory of her mortal family from her mind so that she no longer remembers who she is. And once he does this, once she's no longer the person who she was, she also doesn't love him anymore because it's the person who she was who fell in love with him. And so he- This is supposed to be a romantic a story. story. It, yeah. it, this is, it sounds kind of tragic. I feel like actually. we're doing the opposite of what we're trying to do. Um, not done yet. <laughs> okay. 
Um, so in the end, he realizes that what he's done is hurt the only woman who he's ever loved. Um, so he actually gives up his immortality and his life in the Fae to give her back who she was and all of her memories. And he agrees to go live with her in the mortal world and die a mortal death with her because he would rather be human than live for eternity without her. Okay, okay. Um, nice three acts there. Yeah, yeah. Was like we have a winding path to get here. Ba- we did, Elven this is ballads are subtlety. not short. Yeah, we're not here to dive directly in. A lot of apostrophes. We, but I've got to give them time. We to have an think approach. About yeah, it. we have an approach. Engage the audience. Get them invested and raptured, and then turn the emotion around here. So as not Resme, but her brother taking control here, performs with his lute. He's in his first singular harmony, growing in its own complexity as the story continues. Make me a performance check. Nat 20. (laughs) That's gonna be a 31. It turns out that, like, see, you just gotta talk up the dice. The more you give it to go off of, the better it's gonna work. It's non-combat oriented. The D20's like, well, she just told an entire three-act play. I'm not gonna say no. (laughs) So that's a 31. So, I mean, obviously a critical success. That's a... that's a critical success if it wasn't an edge, like disregarding the 20s. That was like critical, critical success <laughs> if such a thing is capable of existing. And as you continue, as Resme is up there with this story that is unfolding, reaching this final act here, all the Ekajai silently kind of gathering around, uh, some of them you would notice as they get, became more involved in your tale. Uh, sitting cross-legged, turning to face you. Uh, Some of them would put their hands together, cupped, almost as if to catch water, where a small, shimmering beacon of faint green light would appear and swirl across their palms. And uh, a few more and more of these would grow, spreading throughout as you continued. The rest of you... As Resme slash Resme's brother orates, can see this is definitely working. Where at first they were just very entertained by an elaborate tale. The later ends of this are certainly setting a bit of a mood. And you can see Renavo and Galinar still sitting together. They haven't moved. Uh, Renavo kind of leaning back against the trunks or one of the larger branches coming up through this platform supporting it. Galinor is sitting a bit forward, elbows on his knees, legs crossed, fingers kind of bridged and his chin up against them, curiously watching. Not nearly as consumed as the rest of the audience here. But Renavo, giving some looks back and forth. This is definitely working. How about the rest of you? So. She's a little occupied <laughs> running this. Well, didn't you have the, one of them ideas, Esmus? It's better be better than that one you had for your grandmother's uh, fixing your grandmother's trips. <laughs> I still have the scar on my wrist from that. I don't think it's as good anymore. Okay, well, Rur, what do you got, man? <laughs> I was thinking 
What if, while the mood's been set, I can bait them into talking each other up? Have them in accidentally compliment each other, bring the conversation to bringing each other up a lot while talking to me. Uh, sure, man. Like, hey, you do, you do whatever you think is best. I mean, uh... I think it would be a good way to get them more focused on each other. Sure. Sounds like a plan to me. Anybody got any better ideas? Because I feel like we've uh, we got to roll with what we got. I tend to be a bit abrasive along these lines. Yeah, you know, oh, boy. <laughs> Bonnie takes what she can get with my romanticism and, uh... <laughs> and I failed miserably with Noreen. Yeah, well... <sighs> good luck, Rur. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> so, Rur... Rur heads over to the pair of them. Uh, but Navo, seeing you approach, you see that quick gesture... That is the... There have been so many names. They're so strange and foreign and hard to remember. I'm sorry. I've been, there's so many things have happened today. No, it's perfectly fine. I'm, I'm Rur. 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 Of course. Rur. Rur. I'll commit this. We'll not forget again. Rur. And uh, as he's talking, Gelnor turns his attention uh, off of Resme for a moment. Now towards you. Rur, what are you? You are <laughs> well, <laughs> a very small human, if I have ever seen one, but I feel as if you are something else entirely. It is along those lines. For simplicity, you can... As you start talking, Renavo just reaches out a hand <laughs> and just puts it directly in front, like in front of Galador's face, and just back of his hand across his mouth... What a ridiculous lack of manners you have! <laughs> <laughs> These are guests, Galenor! It's no big deal, I promise. And Galenor just kind of raises an eyebrow? Uh, basically, yeah, I'm a smaller human. Uh, very similar physically and lifespan-wise and the things I'm capable of. A couple you of uh, are, small uh, differences. Certainly a different creature. I have I have not seen any of your kind come through Aquavel or the Leopard Clan's lands before. You are quite hairy. Just a little bit. Uh, my kind typically doesn't brave the jungles of Mwangi. And Renavo still <laughs> more distracted here. I apologize. <laughs> For my ass of a friend, no. Galenor, you have not even been introduced. He is one of the best hunters of the Leopard Clan now, and apparently one of its worst studies. <laughs> it is a half-man. They are... They are a uh, friend race of the humans from up north. They live in the mountains. They need to fur to stay warm. They do not have the heat of the trees and the sun where he live. <laughs> That's correct. Or it's like, yeah, that, yeah, one hundred percent. We'll go with that. That's that's spot on. So now, but smiles. I learn a lot from my daughter. She has studied much of the cultures far from these lands. Would you, would you like a pepper? And I'll hold out one of the little white ones. <laughs> Wait, just, uh, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> why. 
They're uh, they're fantastic. I didn't know that there'd be such good food down here, and I'll just put it on my mouth and eat it. Gunnar's eyes just get really big. He's still just sitting there, just. Another <laughs> <laughs> novel. And apparently they are demon. <laughs> oh. The other half of the half man is devil blood, clearly. <laughs> but <laughs> roar, friend, we have had so little opportunity to talk. Come sit with us. Of course, I actually had a couple of curiosities myself for the two of you. They would like to answer. I know uh, Nikita wishes to speak with you more after the festival to answer more of your questions. Give you more information about the area, the Cinder Claws, our people, what goes on here. Uh, but, just had all day. Well, one of the biggest curiosity of, curiosities of mine, obviously, with what I wear, I, I'm a devout worshiper of Serenray, and I've heard about your worship as well. May I interject for just a moment? Yeah. So, uh, sorry, while, while you're having that conversation, Estes just reaches over and suddenly grabs Dalren by the shoulders. I have another idea. Come with me. And just drags him off. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be right back. Sure thing. I'm checking some meat over here. Like, the stress of the situation. I know. So I, I, where, are you, where are you taking him? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm curious. So, just, Estes, just dragging. Okay, I know it's a human thing that uh, they often get flowers for each other to uh, signify gifts for romantic intent. Sure, Perhaps sure. they have something similar. They have all types of different garb and colorful things that they wear. You know what flowers can symbolize things with this culture, right? I studied it last time I was here. That's a yes. So let's see if we can find some flowers that would indicate romance, and I'll see if I can sneak them onto their wrists. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I'm assuming the cultures haven't changed that much in 70 years. Uh, yeah, maybe your lore... Mongi or Lorak, who died, no, whatever jungle. it is. Jungle, yeah. It's a fantastic Elves. Yeah. Like, Elf lore thing. Uh, yeah, you and your lore, whatever that's you need at the 15. moment. With uh, a 15, uh, Ekujai are probably one of the elven groups that has the littlest general outside contact. Mm. Uh, but you would know, you got a, kind of a little bit of it from Nikita earlier, too, that their the gift giving is not really a big thing for them as a whole. So the intention may not be immediately clear. If you were to go through with that, however... Uh, so in this case, what I'm going to do then, um, can I dip into my elven lore and try to think of a omen or a natural phenomenon that I could, we could conceivably create in an environment that has that connotation? However, while it is, it is less on them giving gifts amongst themselves, it is more on uh, creations and things that they have uh, to display that same kind of a, a, well, what you're going for is affection or intent, really. So rather than where we would give flowers, they would wear a flower themselves of some kind. Uh, typically almost on, like, on a vambrace, a, a vine of them woven up around their forearm. Mm. Okay. Well, if, that could work. If you so find... the concept could still work. If you can find me two flowers... I can. I think I'm pretty stealthy. I think I can sneak over to them and probably tie it around their wrists without them noticing. Oh, Gelinor is fairly adept, but then again, you're not bad yourself. Uh, maybe I can offer a distraction as well. Um, but let me see what I can find. Uh, I'll, I'll just... The Ekujai have this basically garden 
wild garden built up at the foot of their That's trees. even at the foot. You still also have the entirety of the area up here. Well, we're, we're, while they don't really have, like, trade or stores, they just have resources around for anybody to access. That garden does extend up into the high branches. Uh, there are areas of these platforms and even up around these big trunks and things themselves where these wildflowers and these various vines and fronds grow up in almost a standing garden that anybody can take from. So not far from where you are, under the raised platform where the twin leopards were, which I guess neither of you went up there, no. but still visible from where you are, would be a variety of different flowers and precious plants that are largely just there to be plucked from as people need or want. Hmm. That, that looks good. Uh, I'll try to find a, a pair that seem appropriate. Yeah, finding that's not going to be the difficult part of this particular plan. That's not even like a roll or anything. You just have a, your, your selection here. Oh, perfect. Uh, well, let's see. This one looks like they're hidden. When you have <laughs> hundreds of feet of flowers, yeah, that's I'm sure the, there's something Certainly you can not find. the hard part of this uh, this plan here. Maybe, maybe. Is that the right hue? Yeah. Mm. Let's see. In the firelight, the pair. <laughs> I suppose this will work. And I'll try to get a, a, a decent uh, section of vine, too, since we're having to do a whole wrap and tie thing. Did someone um, say fire? And uh, I'll get a couple of those. Yeah. Uh, give them to Esvis. Wish me luck. <laughs> <laughs> So back over with uh, Rur, Renavo and Gelnor. Gelnor still just kind of sitting, looking uh, back and forth from Resme to Rur, listening to this ballad still, while at least acknowledging that you are present. <laughs> Renavo well, over. Well, he's about to have to acknowledge it big time. So, in the midst of having the religious conversation, I'm going to push it off to him to hear some of the exploits of Renavo is the... the Renavo is the champion. Yes. Gelinor is not here. So I'm going to have Gelinor tell me some exploits of Renavo. And I, I want to weave it into the conversation with a deception role to see if I can get him to just naturally bring those stories out into the light on his own. Okay, so you want to kind of manipulate this conversation here. To to bait them in the talking about each other. Mm-hmm. All right, so make me make me a deception check here, little half man. Half man with a big plan. Half man here we go. Demon. That's a two. So <laughs> that's a session reroll. Tell me how hot you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, you see what I meant was that's an eight. So that's gonna be my. Oh no. Well, that's a nineteen. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep that. That's a 19. You keep a 19? Yeah. That's what the 19. As you uh, try to segue this to... I'm Gellinor, not bad at deception, so... <laughs> is he just uh, still kind of sitting there? His exploits... His stories are his alone. But not mine to tell. Especially not to someone I just met. I heard some interesting stories... Of you... Of yours that uh, had me peeked about both of you, actually. You both seem like you have plenty to tell. Really? They hunt. They bring back fish. They bring back food for the clan. But you're skillful. You can see it that way. It is not that hard. <laughs> well, for some... Fish do not run far. I see what Renato sees in him. <laughs> <laughs> While it might not be hard for some, the understanding and the knowledge is still something that people do find to be interesting. 
Perhaps. Perhaps. And uh, Renavo. He's kinda, a brother from another mother. Butts in here. <laughs> is. Ah, uh, the. What is the word for this? He. Does not speak much of his own valor. It is a part, perhaps, of what makes a hunter get to themselves. <laughs> Got nothing but the company of his own head for days in the jungles. And forgets how to leave it when he comes back sometimes. Hmm. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be I will not be attacked in such a way. I'm in this picture and I don't like it. <laughs> I'm in it and I don't like this picture. <laughs> Well, it's understandable. I am acquainted with an individual of a similar demeanor. It's rather endearing at times. Little grump a puss. It, uh... He grows on you. I don't know if you'll be around long enough to see, but... Believe it or not... There is a, per- a pleasant person somewhere deep inside this body, and he on the shoulder. Somewhere, you hear a couple ribs crack. <laughs> <laughs> I really did not realize until this exact moment that this is literally just Buddy and Esmus, but yep. <laughs> yep. down to their very classes. <laughs> 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 wow! And things nope. just took a turn for the awkward. I ship it. I ship it. So, as you're talking here, I'm a little stunned by that revelation. You see? <laughs> <laughs> so I did not realize this literally at all until this role playing scenario. I'm like, holy crap! This is just bloody and essence. <laughs> hmm. I've always thought they were kind of sweet on each other. So. As you're talking here, Renavo in good spirits, laughing, uh, Galenor is still just kind of sitting, largely turning his attention back to uh, Resme's ballad as it continues. Rur, you would see Esvis kind of slinking around behind the pair of them with uh, a length of what appears to be a flowering vine wrapped in his hand. No. <laughs> can I get a perception? Can I get a perception check while I'm performing to see if I notice? Um, yeah, sure. You can make a perception check versus a stealth DC. What's your stealth DC? Nah. Do you need a roll not or ten? You're fine. Your... It doesn't matter. Okay. You don't notice. He's I don't notice. I'm singing. Yeah, there's there's not ever roll offs in second edition. Just went to wait for two. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's ten plus whatever your stealth is. Oh, then twenty three is my stealth DC. Yeah, no. She has no idea. Yeah. No freaking clue. Can't see you. Right. She's, she's, she's busy. You're doing your thing. You're doing your thing here. So, so you would see him because you're facing that direction. Yeah. Because he's, he's, I, I assume, coming up from behind yeah. the pair of them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna see what he has in his hands, and I'm gonna I'm gonna think for a second. Then I'm gonna turn. How do you say his name again? The hunter one, Gelinor. Gelinor. I, I I can't really ding you for this one because I have also screwed it up at least fifty yeah. percent of the times that I've said it. Gelinor. So I'm gonna turn back to Gelinor because Renavo seems pretty focused on talking to me. Gelinor Gelinor's watching Resume. Yeah, he seems like he's kind of looking around watching Resume, conversation, but his eyes are wandering. I want to get rid of the wandering Can't eyes. Can't have that. <laughs> so, I'm going to focus my conversation on him. And we're going to go back into trying to get something out of him. This time using diplomacy, talking directly to him about 
some of the things he has done. Not necessarily to get him to talk about his exploits, but out of curiosity. He's trying to get his attention. Yeah. So, his, like, the diplomacy role is not really relevant. You just engaging him attention. so he's not turning around. Well, what if is I roll relevant, a hard one. What is relevant is the stealth roll that's going to be coming from... And I, I will give you with this, because you're trying to sell something that is. I think it's less of a stealth and more of a thievery, honestly. So give me a thievery check here. Try okay. to slip this around. Can I try to assist this with my diplomacy roll? No. <laughs> <laughs> Provide yep. distraction. You've got guidance. You're not you can an give elf. Plus if, you, one. if you had elven That's diplomacy, elven diplomacy would work. <laughs> elven diplomacy would be better for getting it off of their wrists. There you go. <laughs> I'm gonna do a session reroll. I've got to do higher than that. I've got to do the higher. hardest challenge the party has faced thus far. Matchmaker simulator. Yeah. <laughs> Thirty. Okay. 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 I just imagine okay. like they catch you and then you just kind of go freeze and then you just punch them in the face. Help with the ball muscle. They wake up a couple minutes later with a small case of amnesia. <laughs> with a thirty, as as you come around behind them, while Renavo isn't paying a lot of attention, is just kind of moving a lot of the time. So you see that his arms either down at his sides. Uh, planted behind him, it's incredibly easy. And Galanor, surprisingly, because he is so still, and his head is planted where it is, not only is his arm stable, it's also completely out of his field of vision down below him. So around the side, that you have to reach <laughs> dangerously far around. The guy also has a full... Like he's got pretty much a full green outfit with the sleeves going all the way down to his wrist, and he's taking his gloves off now. But there's an extra layer there for you to wrap around as well. You manage to get this flowering vine onto both of their wrists without either of them seeming to notice. And Rur, you are just watching what appears to be the world's greatest pickpocket. Yep. <laughs> Reverse pickpocket. Reverse pickpocket. He's, he's flowering vines around Galanor and Renavo's wrists before slinking back away mm -hmm. into the, the darkness from whence he'd come. <laughs> and this is when Esphus, well, once, once Esphus has made his way kind of out and around, and uh, he'll kind of wander over to, over to Buddy with a cat ate the canary kind of little small smirk attached <laughs> and just kind of just stands next to Buddy, just arms folded. You know, Espis, remember that uh, one time you taught me how to slow dance? <laughs> it just red. From his cheeks all the way up to the tips of his ears. Vaguely. You wouldn't want to teach anybody else, would you? Maybe, maybe they would get a better idea if they had... Uh, Demonstration or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not telling Bonnie about this, right? Nope. Okay then. Goodness All gracious, right. you two have so nope. much more depth than I ever thought. Don't worry about it. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Some absolute dedication here. I wish I could play something to accompany. So as as this ballad is kind of winding down here. This atmosphere very much set. 
And Renavo and Gellin are both with these flowered vines around their wrists. What are you two trying to do here, exactly? <clears throat> so I not rock up to Renavo. Man, it sure is good to see you in the festive spirit there. Uh, look at that uh, awful nice flower you got there. You uh, feeling the mood tonight, I see? I was actually going to, to ask about that. I, I felt like I was being a bit of a third wheel coming and interrupting the two of you. We're just sitting here. Uh, Gunnar just has <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. Just completely, like... Why are these crazy people all gathering around now? <laughs> Renavo, however, looks down. Is this thing at the side? What is this northern mountain? He points down, and Gallagher just leans back, looks at his arm. <laughs> <laughs> and now his face turns red. <laughs> well, you know. This uh, this new song that's coming on is perfect beat to a dance that we uh, that we do back home. like the resume. It's uh, this is this is different songs. It kind of seemed like it was one uh, story. It is, but it changes rhythm. This part's real good for dancing. Now let me show you right here. Now you guys are perfect. Now come over here and learn how to dance, man. Me and Esvis will show you. It'll be really good. Uh, good for learning. And, uh, Vernavo looks <laughs> at the group of you. Okay, okay. I will admit this. You have earned at least <laughs> some trust that stands up. I'm curious. I have heard from some of the children about your northern dance. Come on, Gellinor. And, uh, Gellinor still is sitting on the ground. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Looks at the edge of the platform. Can I make it in a running jump? <laughs> and so slowly, Will I survive the fall. Granava reaches a hand down to help him up, and Gilner just kind of ignoring it. Just stands up from cross-legged himself. Doesn't use his arms or anything. Just sort of unfolds his feet and is standing, still kind of looking down his wrist. Now, Isvis, I don't remember the exact steps, so you're gonna have to lead me a bit here. Okay. I will admit, I was surprised you could sneak up on a river boar. Very surprised you, I assume, could sneak up on us. As <laughs> just 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 not answering, <laughs> just not at all, just <laughs> still blood red right across the cheeks of his ears right now, and just steps uncomfortably close to Buddy. <laughs> One arm around his waist, and. One arm out. <laughs> one arm around the metal. Yep, one arm around the metal. Your arm rages. Clank. <laughs> Fireworks Renato in the background. forward zap, to copy uh, and sort of looks and puts his arm down around Gellinor's waist and Gellinor just kind of leans back. <laughs> and this is very close. <laughs> Come on, we have to at least try. Indulge their guests. Little gust of wind. <laughs> I will try. <laughs> but this is very close. It is very and this is, it is very close. <laughs> Alright, I put my hand on his shoulder, hand up to meet. Alrighty, Isvis. Let's a go. With Resme's ballad 
detailing Help me. a new mortal life ahead, <laughs> leaving everything behind for this woman he loves, Esbis and Buford, slow dancing to a slow song here. Renavo, very much amused. Attempting to follow along, Galenor very stiffly taking steps with him. Which one of you wants to roll it? I can't imagine it would be anything other than a performance check. Definitely an acrobatics check. <laughs> 100% he has to acrobatics his way around. There is no universe a... where a slow dance is an acrobatics it trick. It is, because I'm in metal armor here. When you're here. dealing with a boulder? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The worse this he... is, the better it's going to be. No, 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 no. Really, Espis should just basically be rolling a grapple check every single time. <laughs> <laughs> Every six seconds of real life time, he has to roll a dice. <laughs> I can't imagine anything other than an acrobatics here. I mean, performance or society? Ooh, performance it is, people. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the hero points are for. Uh, good luck, Isvis. Uh, yeah, no, I have literally nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Mr. Charisma. Then. It's higher than mine. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Okay, okay. Uh, it's not bad, it's not bad. Uh, 17. What is 17? As you're, uh, you're going along here. Renavo is digging it. Renavo is absolutely digging it. He is uh, enthused by this opportunity and by uh, following with this. Galenor is not. <laughs> Galenor is still pretty stiff out stretching. Kind of like he's... Renavo is holding him, so their hips are pretty close. His upper body is about as far back as you can meet him. Like almost a 45 degree angle back from this. Doesn't that arguably make that worse? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> In the distance, as you two slowly twirl around, you can see Nikita way <laughs> off the other side by the flowers, watching super intently, <laughs> kind of behind the group. She catches Buford's eye for a second, just... <laughs> with a big grin and thumbs up. I'll like, look back at her. <laughs> In the middle of the dance, over, yes. over Esther's shoulder. <laughs> just keep going. Does... One of the two of you want to aid him. Absolutely. Aid Buford? Buford and Esphus. Well, do you want to help this situation in no any way? How I you can, can do absolutely it. would I? Anything. Would you do me the honor of this dance? <laughs> yeah, because one more pair of idiots dancing is totally going to solve this freaking problem. That's what we need. Yeah. More awkwardness. <laughs> If there's twice the amount of awkwardness from the weird people, then it won't be as awkward for these two. Exactly. If we got the lead, and then you have two groups trying to mm -hmm, learn it at mm -hmm. the same time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Especially one of such a, a massive height difference. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It'll be that much Probably more impressive. entirely possible as functions we didn't open an appling, but here we are. Don't worry, I'll hold on to your kneecap. Yeah, you just stand on my feet at this point. Um, and he's going to kind of look around. Um, and is there, like, any, like, Smallish children that are slightly closer to his size that are around. 
That would be numerous. You would also, uh, yeah, as you're looking around trying to find someone to throw on this, there are certainly the pair, where are they? Uh, the pair of dancers earlier. The sisters. Yeah, Moko and Senyo. Oh, perfect. They would be around. They are fairly young. They are probably like 15, 16 years old. They're teenagers. They haven't reached the full lofty heights of elfhood quite yet. So they're... And uh, Senyo specifically is not particularly tall. So she is much closer to her <laughs> side. Beautiful. Let's try that. I will approach them, and I'll have to switch to Elvin, because I don't speak Mwangi at all. Hopefully they've been studying at least a little bit. Uh, and I'll say, come help us, uh, come join our dance class. Senyo kind of uh, looks you up and down. Very much enthused. And uh, Malko, let's try one, and a little bit taller, uh, replies to Elvin, I, uh, I do not know this. And uh, Senyo just steps forward. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Looking to run up and down. <laughs> oh. I am Sanya of the Leopard Clan, the mothers of the Sky Clan. Really? I do not believe we had the pleasure. Uh, Dalren, uh, son of Isar, uh, from far away. And this, and this is <laughs> Rur. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. We will all be bad at this, but we will have an excellent time. And uh, Sunday looks down at Rur. I says, "There you go, Malco. You <laughs> brought his friend." <laughs> Don't worry. This is simply just for showing them how it's done. I did take Sanyo right over to the dance floor. This would be perfect. <laughs> and Malco, uh, clearly embarrassed here, seeing this dancing that's happening over there, and seeing Rur. <laughs> Kind of pauses for a bit. Do you speak Elvin? No. Do you speak Mikey? Yes. Okay. Well, she's going to do an Elvin because uh, that's what they were talking in. And in, in Wongi, I would say I speak this. I cannot speak the tongue of elves. Ah, of course. I, uh, I, um... Okay. I will follow. This, and This will be fun, I promise. I, well, I owe you for Dekata earlier, <laughs> at least, so this seems much different. I'll explain it afterwards. How do you play? Well, there's no points. This is more of a getting to know someone kind of dance. And she looks back over Buford and Esmus and... They're providing the example. Renavo and Gelinar. We're trying to teach one of our dances to all of you. So there is no point? No. <laughs> We're on odd people. Okay. <laughs> I will follow. And you lead her over. And uh, somewhat very, very much more self-conscious now that she's the one who doesn't know what's going on. And admittedly, Mako is a bit shy originally, anyway. We'll follow along with you, whereas Senyo is gonna carpe the goddamn deal <laughs> <laughs> with this opportunity here. Uh, very much interested. Okay. It's the monocle, gets all the girls. <laughs> Definitely the monocle. 
Yeah, I mean, because you gotta look at it from their perspective. You got this, like, younger Ekujai who doesn't see much of the outside world, and you have the hot foreign elf man. <laughs> Tall, dark, and handsome. 18 strength. That's true. He's he is pretty a, hot. He That's is true. no brought back, brought back the boars from the hunt. Earned Coming his respect. Coming back the successful hunter, providing mm-hmm. for the true. evening's feast. Goodness, I'm taking cruel advantage of the city. You really are. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy's gonna have his. I'm gonna have it. Nothing untoward going on over there. Maintain that six-inch gap. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, hmm, looking at the, 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 the waist. You know, Leave room for home a day. Buddy's gonna kill over with the ruler. God. I have not heard that line in a long time. And all of a sudden, Persephone placed her flesh. Do you wish to roll your performer society, either of you, um, yes. or both? I'm totally gonna go society because society. Uh, yeah, you're not not so much the skill to dance, more the understanding and trying to focus on, you know. I know where the steps go. Yeah, like it, we're very mechanical. You're like, nope, this is the dance. This is how the dance functions. This is just I am teaching you. And I can just kind of move her, like because she's light and I'm strong, so I can just go like, nope, nope, you're nope, going you're here. Nope, you're closer. Just like, nope. Here we are. Grew up in Blender a couple of times. And for me. We can't really do the dance together, so I'm more so explaining it as we mimic the steps. Because you literally cannot reach something. Yes. <laughs> All right. Give me a society check, Lauren. All right. That's uh, going to be a 22. 22. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to roll the purple dice now. Thank you, Destronets. Hero points. Yeah, thank you, Destronets. It's exactly what you wanted, Destronets. Here you go. It's going into more. <laughs> more dancing just for you. More dancing. 21. 21? That 21 is so good, it's going to come with an instant refund. You know what? The party gets one, <laughs> derp. From TNT <laughs> Shed is greatly entertained by your shenanigans, clearly. You two, well, Buddy and Esphus have a bit of the awkwardness going on here. Very much a parallel to Renavo and Galenor. You have two assistant pairs now. Rur with the uh, the much more safer, just kind of almost like the Daikata, just for the fun of the dance, explaining in Mwangi, teaching how it goes to Malko. And Dauren and Senyo over here. Much the same way. But well, more a little possibly more taking advantage of the situation. Zenyo, more than you. I feel terrible about this. Really <laughs> Let's go Corrupting for, the youth. Let's Absolutely go for the barbaric. Thank, yeah. thank, <laughs> thankfully, the youth. Well, I was looking for short, so like, we got the youngest people for a legitimate reason. It just turned into an episode of Archer too, too fast. It's, it's, it's okay. They don't have any parents here. It's all communal, so we'll be fine. It's just, no one's gonna come hunting for me. But as you continue here, this is ballad and a filling the air. Turning this festivity into something substantially more romantic. Renavo 
You see... You can see the wheels turning in his mm -hmm. head. You can see the thoughts. You have absolutely staged a scene here for this. And Galinor, I'm gonna have to change your hero points because they keep staying at one because yeah. you spend it immediately to get refunded. <laughs> I literally forgot that I realized it worked out. Galinor, slowly, from a combined result of it takes too much effort to lean back as far as possible and possibly. Did his back well, get tired and now he's resting his head on his shoulder? <laughs> Is that his excuse? They're certainly getting a little bit uh, closer here. <laughs> and as they start, it's a very simple thing, intentionally, slow dancing. And as they start to put this together and have to watch less of you three, your, your three groups, rather, around, they entirely kind of stop paying attention to the three groups around. And you feel as if, perhaps, some progress may have been made here. They get, they're getting very close. They are... No no one's resting their head. Like, oh, no, he's not resting his head around <laughs> his shoulder or anything. But they are much closer with it. They are much more involved in what they are doing. Seeming to first of uh, Renava being entertained by the novelty of the whole thing. But then, seemingly much more just enjoying the company of each other there. And as Resme's ballad comes to an end here, slows. With these green lights the elves hold in their palms, wisping away like a smoke above them as they uh, move their hands apart. And there are some... It's less of a cheering, they don't really have a cheering. Just some more like kind of shouts of affirmations. Some happiness. Mirth throughout the crowd. As after a few moments they return to their merriment, their amusement. Some of the Ekajai around where you've been performing come closer to nod. Introduce themselves briefly in Wangi ask questions. And uh Gelinor <clears throat> Stopping as the music starts. Pulling his head back up. Well, that is certainly something different. That is, uh... Different. Indeed. <laughs> Renavo. Letting him go. Stepping back and standing up very tall. That was very interesting! Buford, this is something so different! So unique! It is so slow! I... I feel I do not know enough of the Taldane tongue to put these thoughts into words. But I thank you. Gets a real good moment going, for sure. It does. It, it certainly does, yes. Well, who's ready for some alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> Galinor. Like so Galinor just points at Asmus. I think it is time we drink, yes. <clears throat> and so. Oh, we're not going to have a drinking competition. As the. Uh, Galinor immediately takes the opportunity to leave from this group here and had to find something as strong as possible to drink. Throughout Ocarella, I imagine Asmus not far behind. Mm hmm. 
Nikita comes over as you all kind of split. Not to the group of you still by Renavo, but over towards Resme and approaches. I continue to be impressed by the depth of your skills. And your friends as well. Oh, uh, th thank you, miss. I... I have never seen or heard such emotion conveyed through a story and music. It is something a far cry from anything the Leopard Clan has. Our music is uh, simple, it is happy, it is for dancing and revelry. Never really even considered it could do so much beyond. It's the only way to express the deepest emotions of one's true inner heart. Words will never do, but music... Music is the language of love. <laughs> A music requires no language. You do not need to understand your words to understand your song. And if uh, anything that I saw there <laughs> seems to be true, my father understood it plenty well. Oh, good. What happened? Well, it seems that... Esfes and Buford, it was, introduced them to uh, your form of Daikada. Yours is much slower. I missed them dancing? Really? If I have learned anything of your metal friend in the day you have been here, he will have his own story to tell you. Why do I always miss the good stuff? <clears throat> well, I'm glad we were able to help. It's a shame for two people who love each other to not be able to be together. It is at least a seed. A seed that hopefully will grow in less than ten years. <laughs> yes, well, us half-elves need to uh, stick together. Whirlwind romances. You are, <laughs> you are half-elf. You have the eyes. Uh, yes, um... I have much more of my mother's elven features than I do of my father's human, but I am a half-elf nonetheless. Perhaps then your father took you to his clan to make up for the weakness of his seed. You could say that, yeah? A wise that choice, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> it does not look like he left you with much else. Uh, Re Resme is so red at this point, like... You can, like, her, like, skin, like, she looks like sweat drop. And she, she stops for a second, Nikita. I'm sorry, I apologize. Do I offend? It is and, no. observation. No, 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 no. It's just that, um, I've seen those ceremonies before, and the thought of my mom and dad. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this. You might say druids are a little wild. This is something. That you never consider? Well, no, I. Where did you think you came from? I. Well, the gods, actually. Hey, what's going on in here? Oh boy. <laughs> there may have been prayers to some gods involved, but there was certainly more than that. You are a funny one, Resume. I appreciate our conversations. Yeah, I don't think what I have to say translates into any language, so we're just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> That's fair. I must collect my thoughts. Uh, we will trade stories soon. 
I hope so. It was, it's been so good meeting you. <sighs> I, I feel like we could be really close friends. Uh, when my father first spoke of you and you and your friends arrived here, you had defeated some cinder clutch, surely to have come through the hunter's gate, but I did not know what to make of it. My father is a hopeful sort. There is a word that comes not to mind right now. Optimist? That is it. This is the best in things and people. But I am not always the best at following in his example. You were not the first to come through here. And I could not help but think you would not have been the last. But it seems, perhaps, this vape is not misplaced. If you can fight as well as you can sing... Well... You will do the Twin Leopards proud. I I hope so. I'm, I'm fairly good on the battlefield, although magic helps. Uh, that it does. That it certainly does. Well, uh, I, I will leave you uh, to your thoughts, and it's been a very long day. I, th- I think I might turn in. Well, the festival is not over. We still have feasting. We still have tales. I have not yet uh, answered any of your your friend's questions. Oh, you haven't tried my wine yet. I have not tried your wine yet. I am afraid <laughs> that I have not inherited this elven resilience (laughs) if there is one to speak of but that's the point of drinking alcohol is to get drunk if you can't get drunk you might as well drink water maybe later i need to keep my thoughts straight for the story oh okay i am the clan's linguist after all i cannot forsake my duties in this feast dolan are you gonna get drunk pardon we're gonna go drink some wine. Do you want to come? Uh, I think I've spent quite a bit of time corrupting the youth already, as it is. Oh, did you meet a girl? Uh, where is she, by the way? Does she like wander um, off, disappointed, <laughs> following you Senor. like a lost puppy? <laughs> <laughs> she would not be following around like a lost puppy. She would have an uh, opportunity taken. Uh, she would have quickly after that ended, given you the goodbye, and then almost kind of giggling just split it off into the distance to go party elsewhere. Excellent. All right, good. All right, perfect. Um, well, certainly, uh, although I should probably keep my wits about me. After all, uh, they might even start talking eventually about what they need our help with, uh, aside from, of course, the war. But Master Dolren, you should have a girlfriend. I mean, haven't you? Oh, no. You're not going to take your quicksilver blood and pull me into a world of romance. But, but why not? You're, you're cute. I have plenty of time to settle down once my research is complete. Can we get Estes drunk and get him a girlfriend then? I will leave that entirely in your capable hands. <sighs> no one ever wants to have any fun with me. All right, let's go, let, let's go hear some stories. So you have some time to partake more of this festival here. Uh, you would notice after a little while that Renavo and Galenor do seem to have largely disappeared from the festivities as a whole. Good. But uh, Nikita as well, as headed up to the top platform, where the three of you would know the Twin Leopards reside up into the uh, literal upper echelons of Ackerville. While you drink, feast, and just continue to enjoy yourselves. And continue drinking. And continue drinking. Everyone and make a fort save. And continue drinking. <laughs> after... 
maybe another hour or so. The sun has been down for some time. Darkness has beyond fallen across the jungle and just the dancing lights of the torches around the platform and around the huts in this inner circle cast their glow. The dancing has largely subsided as many of the Echo Giant now have settled into sitting and around at various groups, conversing, joking, laughing, but the energy has started to run down somewhat as it gets fairly late and the night goes on. And it is then that you hear a bang of wood on wood as you see Nikita approaching once again down from the ramp leading up to the upper platform dressed in a much more elaborate robe and outfit now. A one that seems to be covered near all the way down to her feet with various engraved etched symbols, pins, and marks carved of different shades of wood and bits of dark iron all throughout. The only part of it that really still remains is she has that same paint across her face and the same staff that she has borne. And her striking that against the platform itself, echoing throughout, brings near silence and across the party. No, the party not being you, the party being the actual party. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say what you do. I can only say what they do. And she steps forward. Come, children of the Leopard Clan. Voice came across the platform in Wangi. So you two could understand and translate. translate. Yeah, translate fairly easily for the rest of the group. Dusk has long since fallen and the night comes. Let us call a moth to tell us a story. And almost as one, all of the Ekujai around the platform wherever they are, stop what they're doing to stand. Facing the center of the platform as Nikita walks forward towards it. Each of them cupping their hands out in front of them as some had before for Resme's tail, conjuring again these small, swirling green lights. It's a mesmerizing sight. This is a couple hundred elves all doing this almost in unison as these lights cascade across the platform. Nikita stands in the middle and slams her staff into the center of the platform again and holds out one hand and makes a dramatic gesture of grabbing at the air in front of her before she holds her closed fist up in front of her face. I have got a little moth! And opens her, opens her hand to a green glow, much more coalesced in the shape of a moth, its wings spread out wide across the edges of her hand, slowly flapping. It has a story to tell, a story of the great darkness. And as she says that, the moth flaps up from her hand, and all of the Ekujai on the platform, as one, we will listen in Mwangi. Dozens of voices echoing together. What are the group you guys doing? Translating. Like, yeah. yeah, you guys are translating. You guys are kind of standing around just, just listening. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Just wherever it was you were. Kind of I don't want to interrupt their ceremony. This seems important. 
And she begins, one hand on her staff, the other before her. There was once a time of anguish, a time of destruction, a time of night so dark that even moths refused to fly. From a hole in this night came a great darkness, who saw the world suffer and thought only that it wanted to see more suffering. The darkness sought to burn all that remained, until there was nothing left but the ashes. The first people the darkness found were a brave people, who stood before the darkness and did not run with their weapons at their sides. The darkness sought to destroy them, saying, You shall fall before me, for I am death and I am fire. But the people were not afraid, and replied, You shall not break us, for we are the guardians of this land who stayed to defend it when others fled. Oh, what a terrible battle it was. The people shattered their spears against the darkness again and again, but no living being could pierce its hide. At last, the greatest among the people, the kindest, the most righteous, gave their lives to forge their souls into weapons for the people to wield. Oh, how their souls burned like bright coals in the night. The people took up the souls of those they had most loved and in wrath split the skin of the darkness. They spilled the blood of the darkness across the whole of their lands. They broke the horn and the teeth from the darkness and flung them into the sea. Yet still the darkness would not die. The people forced the darkness back into the place from whence it had emerged. The people trapped it in the space between spaces. The people swore they would stand guard so the darkness could never escape to threaten the lands again. Could the people imprison the darkness forever when even the best among them could not defeat it? Was it foolish to expect them to try? That is the story that we have been given. As she finishes putting her other hand back on her staff, the whole rest of the Ekajai again as one. We will remember! Closing their hands as these green lights they hold puff upwards in a hundred bursts of green mist. And so, in common, that last part roughly translates to, and we are alive. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> <laughs> now, this feast and this revelry we have brought together to honor those who have come from the far lands to taste our hospitality. 
Step forward, those of you who would tell us the story from your moth. And she steps back a bit in the center of the circle, awaiting some of your number uh, to come forward. It's really not going to be as impressive as the one she just told. Uh, I guess I'll come forward? I would also come yeah, forward. Yeah, we'll all walk up. I'll walk up. Um, Are you coming, Fadi and Esmus? <laughs> I guess I'd, I guess we'd follow behind. Mm-hmm. So with a big drink <laughs> and Despis's face looking like his shirt. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you follow along as the group of you take the center. Nikita fall on her face. Uh, her voice a bit lower in Taldane says Do not worry. I will translate if you wish to tell it the story in your tongue. It's easier for you. What, do you want to tell the story? Uh, it's entirely up to you. Should we perhaps tell of... What brought us here? Yeah. Um, all right. And probably best to do it in our tongue. She seems to know the cadence of this place. Uh, okay. Um, so, so you speak in, in, in Taldane. I'm going to yeah. speak in Taldane. will continue storytelling, almost pacing around a perimeter a foot or two away from the group you from the center, telling the story in Wangi out to the Echo Jay. Um, we started out from different worlds, leading different lives. But the call of destiny brought us together in the most unlikely of places. We stepped forth in the hope that we could live up to the heroes of history. And we found that it was not as we'd thought it would be. I think in a lot of our heads, we expected glory and riches. But what we found is that the world can be as cruel as it is kind, depending on who your friends are. And my friends are the reason why I stand here today telling you this story. And then she'll go on to tell them of uh, their trip um, through the dungeons and how they found creatures from this world um, in, in theirs and how they cast them out and slowly began to realize that their own friend was the traitor and how just as their friendship had begun to grow a friendship that most of them had taken for granted was the thing that almost destroyed them you tell your tale of the cinder claws and Altarian of Vaz and her betrayal of your trust and her trap that kills children who are curious about <laughs> who are curious about closets. And the key to this whole time translating, her voice booming throughout the square. Surprisingly loud coming from such a she's a half elf. She's fairly small as far as the Ekajai are concerned. But echoing throughout as all of the Ekajai still stand again with these lights in their hands as you speak. Resme will keep dancing lights in her hands while she talks. 
Putting one, putting one focus in. I mean, you could use it to basically replicate exactly what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, exactly. I can cast light on my holy symbol and hold that. I'm going to light something on fire. Wait around. <laughs> no, I'm not. Gonna Dark lighter. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what it means, but it seems to be important to them, so I'll copy it. And doing the same thing as you speak, holding it up. Uh, dancing lights give them a much bigger ball, almost roving between your hands as you speak. Because, yeah, we were doing the same thing. Yeah, it just this. fits in my hand. It's nothing big. It's a light source. Um, and she'll end with um, the, the, the ghostly, fiery figure of Dahak chasing them out through the portal. Um, and uh, once again, uh, finding friends in odd places where they had expected only enemies. And you would notice as you speak, you're talking about the visage of Dehak. She doesn't translate that directly. When you say that, what she translates in Mongi is the shadow of the darkness. Okay. That's interesting. Um, okay. She doesn't um, use the name at all. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, so she'll, uh, she'll finish and wind up. When you finish the end of yours, Nikita, looking back, you're done. Turns back out in Mwangi one more time. And that is the story we have been given. And again, all is one, the rest of the Ekujai. We will remember, closing their hands, the lights poofing up I'll, out as a small mist. I'll do the same thing. Dismiss your dancing yep. lights yeah. and kind of have it fade. You dismiss your light spells away and put it uh, as well, put it away. Leaving just again the flickering light of the torches. And as this all finishes here, near silence falls over the platform, at least from the Ekajai. Just the sounds of the jungle around you and the crackling of the fires. Nikita nods and Taldane. I was not disappointed. You <laughs> weave an excellent story. You, Resme, you must have served a similar role for your people. Uh, my mother taught me well at her knee. Come then, the group of you. It is late. There's much to discuss. I will show you to where you will stay and hope it is to your liking. Okay. And uh, Nikita leads the group of you up and at the end of story time as you walk away and she walks away from the circle um, you see another one of the Ekajai stand taking the center and start retelling another story in Mwangi as the rest of them are still listening. One that you haven't, that you don't recognize, that you haven't been introduced to. And you head up the swirling ramp to the upper platform. And she leads you into a fairly large hut. And the Ekujai huts, you can pretty much see into, like, you, they're not, they don't have doors. You, you can see how they all look on the inside just from having walked around the platform. They're all very open. And they don't have anything as a, a bed or a hammock so much as they have mats across the, just the platform itself. Uh, no carpet or anything inside, no frames to hold them up. They just sleep on these padded mats across the floor. And she leads you into her and her father's, which is one of the larger ones. The outside of it's ringed with some shelves set into the walls uh, with an assortment of 
on one side, a lot of books that look very out of place, actually. Books you would find in a library in Breach Hill or in Cheliax or Taldor, like standard human books. A lot of uh, books of geographical maps or classical literature, uh, things that Nikita studied in her time as a linguist from a variety of cultures. Uh, some Osirian, uh, some Rahadumi, some from the far north, uh, even the lands of the Linorm kings, Viking stories. Mm. Uh, whereas the other side, Manavos is much simpler. He seems to have a fairly mundane life. He doesn't keep a whole lot of things uh, to his person. Uh, all of that they would have is clothes are in no wardrobe or anything. Uh, they are simply folded into neat piles along the floor next to the mats as they can. Uh, near nothing other than Nikita's books are really kept up on shelves uh, other than where they need more space, which it doesn't really seem they have much need for. They have brought several extra mats in uh, to fill up what space there was for the group of you. It looks comfortable enough, again, it's just something that's very different. It's a fairly expansive tent, and even here, as it's going to be getting close to midnight, the jungle does not really get cold. So there's no concerns for needing fire for warmth or anything. Mm. If anything, the opposite. Nikita, are you sure we can... We, I don't want to take your room. Oh, no. This is m more than okay. Uh, there's plenty of space here, and we do not really have much travel to Rocky, but we rarely host guests. There are some empty huts if you would prefer, but do not no. change on my behalf. No, this is this is perfect, and I, I think you're father may be sleeping elsewhere tonight anyway. If Southern knew I've done a better job than I could ever have hoped. And uh, as she steps into it, do you notice she does brush something aside. It's almost completely invisible. But hanging over the front of the doorway, there is an incredibly thin mesh that's so light it's like an almost an incredibly fine silk, almost like spider web, that she just brushes out of the way to step through. And assuming the group of you follow her mm -hmm. inside, mm -hmm. sure. She turns. So you have come here through Hunter's Gate, seeking, I assume, to track the cultists who invaded your lands. Yes. Indeed. They have tormented us as well. And if you can find them and defeat them, we will all prosper. And I think I can give you a place to start. Shortly after we drove the cultists away from the temple of Ketephis, where Hunter's Gate is, where you arrived, we sent scouts east to track them as they fled. This was in recent days. Those scouts swiftly came to a spot in the forest where they could not pass. They were struck blind. Their sight left them entirely, hmm. and they saw nothing but the darkness. They said it was as if the air had turned to embers and ashes, and they could not see, they could not breathe, as if they were somehow caught in that terrible battle our people fought against the darkness thousands of years ago. You, I assume, saw that pillar in the old temple. Yes, indeed. Uh, we didn't have a chance to study it before the 
party of your father moved on. I could not determine much of it. I have some of my own magic, and it is clearly an artifact of some power. And the Cinderclaws left it there before we were able to drive them off. It is, or seems to be, a conduit of some kind. No power of its own, but channeling a force from somewhere else, or meant to. The darkness, it holds a grudge against us. And I think the Cinderclaws are using the power of that grudge to stop the Equigite from striking back against them. Hmm. You should know that when she says the darkness, she means the hawk. Okay. That's, if that is your name, or it's... So what you're saying is they're using this pillar as a conduit to either siphon off some of Dahawk's power or maybe even try to free him? Or at the very least, creating areas where the Ekujai cannot send their hunters to counterattack. I do not know, and we cannot know. This totem they attempted to build, it channels something much stronger, and... These Cinderclaws clearly are acolytes of the darkness who have returned in his stead. Whatever their ends, they do not want the Leopard Clan or any other interfering. Hmm. We have lost much of our hunting grounds, much of the jungle. We cannot travel more than a few miles east or south without this blindness. Well, that won't do. It means we are powerless to stop them. But this totem appears to be channeling the wrath of this darkness, this the hawk. Two names for the same force. And it is his hatred of my people that stops us. Hmm. That's why you're so interested in outsiders. Because we have no choice but to turn elsewhere. We are powerless. We cannot even come close to the Cinderclaws or their operations to even begin to bring them down. And if they had finished this totem in the temple to the south, there may be no more Leopard Clan today. We can't just... We can't let anything happen to your people now. We... You're... You've been very good to us, and we will repay your kindness and your hospitality. We'll we'll do whatever we can. My people are... Not quick to trust outsiders. Those two that came before you... The man with the swirling mustache and uh, the white-haired woman, Valia, she is still here. She tried to help us, but she could not handle the jungles alone. The older man simply had no interest. But she tried to help you. She did. She was gone for three days before returning. Bitten, injured, sickened. 
the jungle has many, many dangers. Not all of them that you can fight with sword and bow, or even with magic. Yeah. But we will help, as we can, of course. You have my magic, our resources. The Leopard Clan is behind you. If you return to Acrovel, we will feed you, we will heal you, we will treat your wounds, your ailments. I will use what magic I can. We will supply you with food, water, and arrows. Your cause is ours. Can you... Do you have detailed maps of the area? I don't like the idea of going in terrain, into terrain I'm not familiar with. What about that Renali girl? She was she was human, and she doesn't... Is she from, like, a clan around here or something? Is there a different one that's not so elfy? I, um... Well... Oh. Can I come in? <laughs> Renali kind of peeking her head around the side of this hair. And the kid just kind of turns around. Of course. I'm only surprised you took so long to ask. Come, Renali. And uh, Renali brushes aside the mesh in front of the doorway and steps inside. I want to help. If it was not for the group of you, I would not have been able to return to my homeland. I may not even still have survived. That cave... That was trapped here, trapped there for weeks. Drinking from the walls and eating the smaller spiders. All I had. We would be glad of your help. You have skills that could prove extremely useful. Of course, and you know I know the, the jungle. There's us, of course. I... I am not from here. I have not returned home yet. But... I could not. Not while I still owe such a debt to my friends. Well, your help will be very welcome, and I'm sure it'll benefit the Ekujai as well. Uh, you all seem to be on good terms. Anikita, do you have spare netting, I assume, the hunters bring? And uh, Nikita just nods. Of course. We, in the morning, when light comes, we will supply you with all we can for your travels. The netting may be the most important to bring. You need not be worried about space. Um, I'll be bringing my wagon with me. We can fit as much as we can in there, and uh, it will fit in my pocket. I have seen your wagon. It is a, a strange item of some magic, I, I assume. The wagon's not magical, but I am. Very much so. Still, if Renali here will help you, that is good. You will have an ally that knows the land somewhat, and we... It Maps are something I have not gotten to stick. I have found, of course, that your people are very fond of them. But we... Our stories, our language, our lands, are carried through words. Words and memories alone. These maps are a good idea, but... No interest. But I can draw you one as well as I can. That will be helpful. That will be helpful. So Nikita will get a bit of parchment. 
and she will use that to draw up some basic map of the area. This is Acreville. Uh, I'd be very concerned if that was what the jungle looked like. But she will provide you with this. It's a party map. Are you guys ready to go old school? Because it's exploration time. All right. So the jungle itself, she sections out a, a a fairly large area of it for you to explore. Kind of outlining most of the area around where this blindness is affecting them. Assuming that much beyond its borders, there is probably nothing really of interest for you to find. She explains this area is massive, spanning hundreds of miles Hmm. in every direction. This is a huge swath of the Mwangi Expanse that they are being locked out of. Wow. Now, their hunting grounds are much near to the Temple of Ketifis and to Akervel itself. And every hex on this map is 10 miles. Mm -hmm. So most of her knowledge and areas that she can really chart for you does not go really outside of these two hexes. That text to the south is the Temple of Ketifis? We'll get to that. The the hex immediately south of you is the Temple of Ketifis. Yes. Uh, The the hex that you're in right now is Akervel. She details that there is a fairly large river some 50 miles to the south of Ockerville that cuts near east to west across the entire jungle and draws a general line of where that is out for you on the map. She also mentions that down to the south, almost due south of here and across the river, you may be able to find some assistance. Now, we have sent messengers to the other Equijai clans, but I... I fear they will fall prey to the same magic that plagues us. But down to the south, there is a group, a a group of humans in an encampment that may be helpful to you. Now, they are not friendly. They are not hospitable folk. But they'll be helpful? They are the only ones I know so far into the jungle that may be of assistance. Hmm. Perhaps you will find them kinder than we do. As you too are, well, a human, at least. One and hmm. a half, apparently. I we too am a human. We have two humans. And a half. But no, one. And if a half. you approach and a half. cautiously... They are much deeper into this region and surely will have, ha- will have some knowledge of the Cinder Claws, something that perhaps that could aid you. Uh, we call them the Elephant People. The proper name of their tribe, I do not remember. They are not, not good partners, but their name is fitting, or the elephants they keep. Uh, massive creatures they live alongside with in their village. They have real elephants? They have many. Whoa. So okay, we gotta go well there not first. not to draw their ire. Oh, well, we'll get draw their... go there first friendly. Friendly-like. That is the other hex that is revealed far to the south across the river. Is the there... Elephant elephants. 
Is there Paddle something you can give us so that if we do run into no. any other <laughs> Ekujai, we can say that we're working with you or friends of your clan or working on your behalf? It might save us some trouble down the road. We can. We will give you many things when you prepare for your journeys in the morning, but as far as a symbol here, and she reaches down and pulls off the uh, the massive brass necklace that she wears, a huge disc in the front with smaller brass discs uh, looped around the back. They will recognize this. This marks you as a linguist of the Leopard Clan. Oh, that's so nice of you. You have more than earned the right to bear the title. Um, I'll bring it back safe. Until then, will you hold on to this for me? And she'll give her, um, her necklace. What is your, remind me, what is your necklace? Silver and... It's like, silver and, uh... It's uh, outside uh, a symbol, right? I'm assuming not no, no, that no, one. No, yeah. this is her uh, mother's necklace. One, yeah. um, it's blue azure. Blue azure and, like, silver in uh-huh. a silver setting. She will take it. This is a very, a very human tradition. But I will keep it safe. At heart, Resme. I will keep it for when you return. Good. Because you will return. I know. Anything that you wish to ask, I will now answer. You have had many questions throughout your afternoon here, and I have stalled them for now to wait for a better time, but... So have you seen these elephants? Because, you know, I've heard that elephants are bigger than a shire horse, but I can't even imagine the size that they... I can't... How do they get through the jungle? The jungle moves for them. They are that (laughs) large. How much do I know about elephants? Uh, Go ahead and roll me... uh, Nature. Nature, yeah, definitely nature. It's a regular animal. Isn't it supposed to be secret? Yeah, well, secret... Would, don't give me secret when it comes up when you like are, are at one if you need it for combat reasons. But how, what do I know about elephants? Is a casual check you can just rare. All right, roll. that's a thirty. Uh, with a thirty, it's it's not a critical success. Uh, <laughs> you would know <laughs> that elephants are in. Well, I mean, they are incredibly large and dangerous animals. They are massive creatures that stand fifteen or more feet tall. And uh, a single leg of theirs near the size of a, a pony. These That's things are impossible. Enormous, I can't even imagine. Enormous no. creatures with tusks that could reach the whole of this building you're standing in here. But they don't even need those because their sheer size is more deadly a weapon than any sword. And the most important thing, they only count as one. Chad also just made that joke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um... Is there anything specific you can tell us about the specific threats of the forest? Um, things that we should avoid, animals that we might see. I, This is not our land. I don't know what to expect. Certainly. I imagine that uh, Renali will be much help with that. The worst j- danger of the jungles is it is not the cinder claws. It is not even the elephants. It would not be the darkness itself if it manifested once more. It is the damn mosquitoes. 
Hmm. And I am only half joking. This this netting we have on all of the doors, on all of our huts, is the most important thing that protects us. If you are left exposed, they will eat you alive. Hence, that is not even the worst of it. These creatures carry the wrath of generations within them. Virulent diseases, terrible sicknesses that will take your life as fast as a sword. But we'll give you plenty of this netting, but it is very fragile. It is very thin. It has to be to keep them at bay. And we will teach you how to use it. Renali can help, and if I know much of her and her people, perhaps she can even find something that will suffice should it be lost or ruined. Mm. But you will need to take great care whenever you rest or make camp at night to protect yourselves. They cannot be fought. Magic will not stay them. Only this net can protect you. (laughs) Ridiculous, is it not? It makes some degree of sense. It's the small things that that get you in the end. But there is, of course, more beyond that. There are many beasts that live throughout the jungle. There are, of course, Darren, regular leopards. Not like Tootless. Much less friendly. There are crocodiles... Water bucks, river hogs, uh, even creatures much larger in size. There's much wildlife that may threaten you alongside the Cinderclaws themselves, but what forces do they possess? I only know what my father has told me. It may be better to ask him before you leave. But we know nothing of the cultists. Hmm. If we had known about them before the attack, we would have dealt with them before they became a problem. This blinding magic they've managed to find, I think uh, undoing that should be our largest priority, for it will enable our friends to offer the most support. I do not know the source of this power, but I assume this totem was meant to channel it and make it even more powerful. Perhaps stopping back at the Temple of Katefis to investigate it further may be... A good beginning. Exactly. That is and it's on the way. Absolutely. I really wanted to get a closer look at it before. Once we are finished investigating it, I suggest you put a hammer to it. It sounds good to me. The only reason we have left it standing is hoping that it would give us some clue as to how to undo this dark magic of theirs. Well, so far it has not. And none in the Leopard Clan can weave magic as powerful as mine. Well, Eresme is quite adept at puzzling out the mysteries. Uh, she was instrumental in repairing Alceta's gate, after all. Resme will blush a little. Well, you have both her magics and the priest. Two heads certainly better than one. Always. And heads of an outsider at that. Of different upbringings, different studies, different backgrounds. Hopefully you can make something of it, but if not... Feel free destroy to destroy it. the thing. I fear I have nothing more to learn from it. Um, this blindness, this... Hmm. 
I, I wonder if there's a way... Is there any other sign that we can tell if it's if we're in this effect? If it only strikes your people, we could be wandering around thinking we're fine when we're in the middle of it, and we don't know if we'll, well fix it. I will admit, it affecting Ekujai is a theory. Ah, we've all made You may very well be stricken blind as well. And if you are, come return and I will heal you. But... Hmm. Okay, well, we'll, it we'll walk single file so the first person gets and blind, she holds, up the, she holds up her wooden hand in front of her, uh, clicking her wooden fingers together for a much louder snap. It was instant. The hunters were overwhelmed, stricken blind in a second. Hmm. You will know. But if not, I have no wisdom for you. Hmm. Look forward to it. Hmm. All right. Um, is there... Do you know if... Have you seen any of the more powerful cultists? Uh, there are the monkeys and the frog people, but it seems Boggards like... Boggards and Charuka. They seem to make up the bulk of the Cinderclaw forces almost in its entirety. Hmm but some of them have taken draconic features into their flesh. What that means, I cannot say. But my father told me of the battle at the temple. They're probably channeling Dahak's magic. Taruka with wings and breath of fire. They may be gifts, uh, or yeah. they may be seized. Uh, it's... The former's more likely, given the relationship. Uh, it's not the first draconic cult to exhibit such powers. Uh, so they're the only ones that you know anything about? You've never seen any of their leaders or heard tell of them? What I can tell you is that there have always been cults like this throughout the expanse, but they are small and disorganized. Never usually worth trouble to bother with. I have never seen one spring out of nowhere like this, and certainly never one so large and so organized, with far more magical power than we could ever have expected. Mm. Um, um, the raiding party that came through Hunter's Gate uh, and who we defeated, uh, they did have some um, native creatures with them as well. Um, a large flightless birds with iridescent feathers, uh, and uh, what appeared to be uh, well, the the local goblins called them dragon dogs, but they seemed fairly aquatic-based, not they, very intelligent. Some of them have a communion with nature. They seem to be able to bend wildlife to their will. Hmm. We have not just seen Faram, those iridescent birds in Ukwakwa, these lizards, like a small water buck almost, but much more beyond that they have brought leopards they have brought crocodiles some within their ranks can speak to the wild as if they had sense and language of their own huh. they they are boggards the leaders of these frogmen swamp seers they are called Hmm. I see. So these animals uh, aren't being actively controlled. It just seems to be a relationship they've established, which means that there is no breaking it conveniently. Your guess is as good as mine, but so, so it seems. 
Yes, there's always sharpened steel. Did anything... Do you remember anything from around the time when you first started noticing this cult, even if it seems insignificant to you at the time? There was no noticing. The hunting party returned blind. I treated them with magic and within a week they had attacked the temple of Katefis. Hmm. Hmm. They moved quickly. Very. This cult sprang out of nowhere in great numbers. Maybe, organized and strong. Maybe there's other gates in this jungle that we don't know about. I cannot imagine there would be more that we did not know of. And the keys to the Ayudara are something we have protected in our temple for countless generations. Those are legends of the darkness within Hunter's Gate compelled us to do, of course. The cults stole the one they used to come through Hunter's Gate from that temple. They didn't seem to know anything really about how to use it. They were just... They were trying to brute force their way through the magic. So whoever their leaders are may not know how to use it either, or they didn't tell their underlings how to. Though you said keys, more than one. Um, are there other keys that go to activate other gates there? We should be careful that those weren't stolen as well. There is another, but it is protected here in Acroville. Good. Uh, it wouldn't do for another raiding party to go and we hit our We were home. able to recover at least one from the temple. That's good. But there could be others, and all of those keys are what open the gates? Well, there were a pair of them. One we kept, one they took. Hmm. So they're all accounted for then. Good. Unless they have found a way to create more, they do not have enough. I think we have enough problems now without inventing any new ones. That magic is ancient. It would have been impressive for them to duplicate a key that they had in Isker and not there with them to to duplicate. So I, I think it's fairly safe to say that they wouldn't have another copy of this particular key. Now, as far as we can tell, this region here I have drawn on the map is most of what my people cannot enter. And I am fairly certain through our skirmishes and what little we know, their base of operations seems to be somewhere down to the distant southeast, far across the river, or near on its shores at the very least. I cannot imagine it is much farther than what I have outlined for you here. Well then I guess let's try to get a good night's sleep. Yes, we'll need all the strength we can get, and then then we'll strike out into the jungle. We'll start gathering up what we need tomorrow. And uh, perhaps, Estus, you and I can look over the supplies and make sure we have everything we need. Sounds good. And one last thing. Perhaps it is a fault of mine to have not warned you in advance. That name you use, the Hark. You will make no friends speaking that name here. Oh. Nothing fades while its name is still spoken. Okay, um, we'll call it the darkness instead. That's fine. But, yes, rest is wise. There is much for you to prepare for. My father and I will provide you 
with as much as we can before you leave. And Renali, thank you. You are the Akujai, no favors. And uh, Renali, there, just kind of waiting quietly, nods. No, what are your my friends? Well, thank you. We really appreciate it. I will do what I can. You saved me from your world. I will protect you and mine. <laughs> you'll be welcome, and you'll be welcome to come with us again. I <sighs> believe I can protect you from the worst of the jungle's dangers. I am no fighter, but that is not the worst threat you will face. Nikita does not lie about the mosquitoes. Can you protect us from the weird human with really, really good manners? Oh? Nothing. It was a joke. It was a bad joke. Oh, that is a question that we have. From earlier. Well, not not really a friend. friend. We just met yesterday, but she seemed uh, very keen on uh, accompanying us, and in all honesty, I am worried about bringing someone inexperienced and frankly, fairly inept uh, into she a war zone. seems more than capable, and if nothing else, certainly willing, but she is simply unprepared for the expanse. Mm. We shared your pessimism with her. Mm, truth be told, we did not aid much in her excursion as we did not expect much of her. We've only so much supply to spare. So... With little food and no netting, I suppose she was doomed from the beginning. But she seems to feel guilty, almost, for failing us. Hmm. Very determined to prove herself. You make what you will of her. But more friends, more eyes, more hands can only help, right? Depends on the quality of them, uh, but uh, I suppose that is one way to look at it. I don't know if we can stop her, and I don't want her to hurt herself again. Well, we could certainly stop her. We just leave without her. <laughs> it's very simple. And probably knowing her, she will still try to find a way to follow us. Oh, well, she won't get far. She'll get sick. She'll get bit by mosquitoes. Then she'll come back, just like she did last time. Or Hopefully. she will die. Well, sometimes I've heard you just can't fix stupid. Oh my god. Mm. Thank you, Buford, for seeing what Still I Still, quite insightful. You would do well to rest. <sighs> we'll have a very long journey ahead of you. And this feast, I'm sure, has been enough excitement and energy for one day. Well, I'll have to uh, burn all the fat I put on from last from so, this night. So, why don't we all take a break here? In-game and out to stand up for a moment and take our little midstream intermission chat. We will return here in a couple of minutes, and when we do... We'll attack the darkness. Oh, baby. Exploration. I want to be straight honest. I've been running some uh, Pathfinder streams for many years now. We did all of Skull and Shackles, all of Strange Aeons, War for the Crown, now into Age of Ashes, with some other little modules interspersed. I have never done Hexploration before. I didn't get into Pathfinder or even tabletop RPGs at all until, I don't know, like 8-ish 
years ago. So I'm really, honestly, pretty new to all of this. So I'm kind of excited oh, you <laughs> to do what is like child. the pinnacle of old school tabletop technology here. Woo-hoo! With us old people. Yeah, it's hexing time. <laughs> we'll be back in a couple of minutes, everybody. Thank you guys for all the Alrighty, welcome back, everybody. Let us continue our journey here. Or rather, begin our journey now. Out into the Mwangi Expanse proper. Where there is at least a 4% chance we all will die. Instant death syndrome is very common out here for a wide variety of reasons. Yep, yep. The group of you, the feasting over, having spoken with Nikita, prepare, take your armor off, and rest here on these mats in her hut. Uh, Nikita herself taking her regular bunk, and uh, Renavo... Slipping in quietly sometime later. Uh, probably, I'd imagine, well after everyone's probably asleep. Because it has been a day. It has most certainly been a day. Yeah. It has been the same day. What is it, the first of Forest? For like I think it's the 29th sessions. of Cholesterol, actually. The 29th of Cholesterol, yeah, we haven't even gotten to Forest. It's been the 29th of Cholesterol for, yeah, three or so sessions. It's in the longest day ever. It's been an incredibly long day. This is still the same day that you activated Hunter's Gate mm-hmm. back in Breachill. And before we wake up sometime in the night, Handsome Ganker is a hero point for Rur for making me laugh with his mini puns. PG-13. Don't read encourage the whole thing, but... him. <laughs> but thank you. He They've will encourage who he pleases. That is the point of the mechanic. <laughs> They've been encouraging this bad behavior for years. That's not exactly no. So that's your second one, right? Yes. Hold on, I gotta spin one real on the quick. Board? All right, good. I just still, <laughs> I still don't have any faith in the hero point system, so I just turn over here and look and make sure it's displaying the correct amount of hero points. It means everybody at least has one, and everybody but Dalren at least has two. But you at least have one. I do, and I still and have my you still have your system so. roll too, so it's not that bad for now. What are you planning for us? I'm very concerned. <laughs> Nothing. Don't worry about it. I have three villain points. I have three villain points, and I haven't had anything to spend them on in a while. I, that's not. That's true. I, not true. I definitely did actually spend at least one in a dance off. I'm a dance off man. So you almost spent two. You rest well this night, and the following morning, I imagine, probably do not awaken until the sun has come up high enough to send light streaming down to the trees onto the upper platform itself to have cleared the higher of the canopies here. It's level plus con that you get back after you resting? You get level times con ah, okay, yeah, after I'll resting. Pull up then. I was slightly injured, but not badly enough to really ask for anybody. To... And we have finally made it to the next day. We have reached the first of Farast now. And with it, you will know, comes, well, quite an investigation. As you awaken, Nikita and Renavo are both already gone out of the hut, out to presumably prepare whatever it is, uh, leaving the five of you just slowly waking up from an incredibly arduous day on the floor, fortunately mostly shaded from the direct sunlight. Of the monkey jungles. Hmm. Um, when we get up and start to prepare, 
And this is maybe an out-of-game question. I'm not sure. Do okay. we know... So when you're preparing prepared spells, do you know... Can you talk about which spells you're going to prepare? Like, yeah. is it like that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, you are literally... What you're doing when you're preparing a spell is you are almost half completing it because oh. it's a because that that kind of magic prepared magic can't just be called upon in an instant it has to be ready so just like spells exist like you can talk about the spell fireball in a character because the spell fireball exists it's a spell that is known wizards throw them uh, you could also absolutely discuss your spell preparations as well okay that's not a meta thing at all okay great um in that case I'll just confer with you briefly about what spells you were going to prepare to make sure that I don't duplicate ones, because I was thinking one of us should definitely take Alarm or um, Purify Food and Drink. Also, possibly Cure Blindness. I don't have that, so... I do. Then you take that, but if you're not going to take one of those other ones, let me know and I'll take one of them. I can prep Purify Food and Drink. Okay, in that case, I'm going to prep Alarm, because that might be a really nice one to have when we're in the forest resting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why Thanks. does my tongue still taste like tunic? Because <laughs> you done did bad things last night. Yeah, I regret a pepper eating contest. And knowing that you well have no idea, really, what is going to be happening with the coming day. You take the hour or two ready, polish your armor, sharpen your weapons, make everything. Make sure everything is maintained and prepared. Set that jungle lore right in my head. <laughs> yes. And you wouldn't really be prepared to move ahead until probably close to 10 in the morning. While you're ready, near the end of it, Nikita would arrive back in the tent. Ah! You finally awoke. I was starting to wonder if you had passed in your sleep. <laughs> and uh, she has uh, a few things. She has a, a fairly large, dark leather sack under one arm. And tucked under that as well is a staff. Not her normal staff. A little bit of a different one, but still kind of similar. A pair of boots held in her other hand. It says, I come bearing gifts. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, kind of shuffling, for lack of hands, ends up putting the boots down to pull the staff off my arm and then set the sack down on the ground. It's okay. I have looked far and wide throughout Acreville to see what supplies I could gather together that we could spare for the group of you. And uh, this staff, hopefully, will be of some help to... Uh, in your own magics, uh, Ruror or Resme. And she holds it out to you, and this is a pretty long, uh, about six foot, it looks like almost a solid oaken branch that still seems to be alive. It has bits of sprouts with still green leaves growing off of it. These aren't carved of wood or anything, they're still kind of flapping in the wind. It looks like a long, gnarled branch that at its very top just fountains out into a series of small branches with leaves, almost like a miniature, very straight tree. Hmm. Hmm. I and guess I'll try to identify it. Holds it down, and as you cast a spell, <laughs> what gift would it be if I did not explain its purpose? This is a staff that contains much 
of our knowledge of nature magics. Simply holding this will make it easier for you to re recall or relate any sort of knowledge pertaining to the jungle's foliage and plants. But it also holds some magic. I... Hold on, let me get right names for this. I need spellbook. And uh, goes over to the side of her, her shelf here. Pulls down a, a book, opens it up. Instead of just kind of thumbing through it. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Alrighty, so first... These preparations have a hero point for Dalren. Oh! <laughs> nice! From, bring everyone to two. Bring everyone up to two from Kyrie JCB. Thank you, Kyrie Thank JCB. Thank you for that one. Everyone's got at least a pair of them now. KCB. So, this has some simple magic and some stronger magic in it. Uh, it has a cantrip, Tanglefoot. Oh! Can use any number of times, not prepare. You can cast from the staff. Uh, but the staff can also defend you as a weapon, more potent than most simple blades. Spell is uh, shillelagh. <gasps> Casts on itself, becomes a much more potent weapon. It's much sturdier than it looks. I cast bonk. I <laughs> cast bonk. I... I'll, I'll, I'll take that. It has even more still. Second level magics as well. Bark skin, entangle, shape wood, tree shape. Things that would be generally useful if you were exploring the jungles, especially if you were unfamiliar <clears> with how they work. Now, are you unfamiliar with how they work? You know, staff? Have we talked about staffs in second edition yet? I don't think we've actually talked about them, no. We we never, we, right? We've never had a staff meeting. I, I think you have to spend, you spend cast spell slots, slots to be able to get to, access to, to them. To charge the, the staff. So basically, it broadens no. your... No. It broadens your record. Broad. Uh, so basically... The way a staff works, if you invest into it, it counts one of your ten invested items, it automatically fills with charges. Um, so you can only cast spells out of the staff that appear on a spell list you have. And I'm sure you have the primal spell list, I'm sure. It's spell list. You only have to have access to I them. have primal and arcane. So I'm positive you can cast every spell on this staff. You may be able to cast some of them. We'd have to check. I don't think it super matters because I'm pretty sure she's taking it. Yeah. Uh, well, it's six feet tall over <laughs> it's, a it's, a, it's a big, it's, it's an elven staff. staff. It's a big old stick. So you, you wield the staff, uh, and every time you cast a spell out of it, it takes a number of charges equal to the spell's level. Okay. And when you prepare it, it automatically charges up with a number of charges equal to the highest level spell slot you have. So you're five. You have third level spells. Mm -hmm. The staff comes with three charges. Oh, and you can add more into it. So though it has four different second level spells, it has bark skin, entangle, shape, wood, and tree shape. Casting one of those would use two of the three charges. Okay. Uh, it's basic. It is basically almost the sorcerer's spontaneous casting as just an extension added onto your own spell casting. Because you get three spell levels worth. It's barkwood. Tanglefoot. Barkwood. Barkskin. Sorry. <laughs> I prefer barkwood. Tanglefoot. Shillelagh. <laughs> uh, yeah, shillelagh is the first level. Uh-huh. And then barkskin, entangle, 
Shape, Wood, and Tree Shape are all second level. It, Tanglefoot is a cantrip, yeah. so it can infinitely cast Tanglefoot. Yeah. There's no concerns there. It doesn't use any Shape, power. Wood, and Tree Shape? Yes. Okay, thanks. So two charges for a second level spell, one charge for a first level spell. The staffs are way cooler in second edition because they're actually usable because, like, I'm first level, the first edition staffs were Kay. almost unusable. And how do you yeah. add more charges to them? So it automatically recharges every day. You know, but can, can I add more you than can three? Add, you can overcharge it. Uh, because you have prepared casting... You can expend prepared spells to add that many charges. And so, that level of charges, so in other exactly. words... Exactly. So if you give up a third level spell slot, you can put three more charges into the staff, so it would have six. It will always functionally automatically take one copy of your highest level spell without any cost and have that many charges. But you can put... Like... As many as you I, can afford... No, only one spell. You can only do one spell a day. Okay. I'm learning to, because stats are kind of new. Uh, if you're spontaneous, can you pour spell slots into it as well? If you are spontaneous, you actually use them on the fly. You can, if you are out of charges and you want to use a second level staff spell, you basically just spend your own second level spell slot. So if you're spontaneous, it almost just straight up adds the spells to your spell list. Huh. <laughs> so could she expend sorcerer spell slots to go and, act and and crank more stuff out of the primal staff? Uh, yes. Because she still has those spells just on her, on a spell that she has access to, even though she's a prepared caster. Right. For with the caveat... That, uh, oh, it actually is harder with Spontaneous. So with Spontaneous, if you wanted to cast a second level spell out of it, you would have to spend one of your own second level spells and a charge from the staff. Uh, so when the staff is discharged, you can't use it at all Spontaneous anymore because it still is going to take a minimum of one charge. Okay. But you could cast, like, a ninth level spell on the staff for one charge if you expended one of your own ninth level spells. Okay. But you can do that forever as long as there's charges in the staff and you have spell slots to use. Got it. Neat. So, yeah, they're, they're kind of interesting. It's a little complicated. I'm going to keep this tab open because you have to come back to it because... I never. <laughs> Stabs are. It's very different. It's, it's one of the things that's almost completely changed. But it auto charging is pretty neat. Mm. So you can have this charge for, for, for today. And it can either have three charges or you can put as many into it as you want to. Um, I'll keep three for now. Um, what does shape, wood, and tree shape do? I've just. I've never looked at them because tree shape is exactly what it sounds like it is. It's poof. I'm a tree. So tree powers act. Tree, tree powers. It is exactly. That's, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what the meme is from. Yeah. So tree powers act. It's the the old green text of the druid who turns into a tree. However, there being a tree here, that's literally tree shape. And so, shape wood. Uh, shape wood is it's like shape it lets, stone, but for wood. Yes, thank you. It lets you cast the spell on any kind of wood object, even like a living tree. You can mold it to your will. So oh, cool. if there was a wooden wall, you could cast shape wood and just make a doorway in it if you okay. wanted to. It's what it's 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 what's it's, it's what's written on yeah, the, on the box. Tree shape and shape wood are exactly what it says on the tin. <laughs> They're very straightforward. Okay. And I know what everything else does. Yeah, the shillelagh that... turns the staff into a whooping stick. Yeah. I, I have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then barks get an entangle. You uh, are already familiar with. I'm pretty yeah. sure. So yeah. yeah, it becomes a strike a plus one striking staff if you just want to baseball bat people with it. <laughs> I cast fireball. Which is like that, but not. But better. So, okay. you guys are getting loaded up, and I'm going to say this is actually the last hero point I have in the chest. Ooh. So until Buford spends some of his eternal stash, you actually cannot on. gain more hero points. A dragon on her horde. That's because what we're empty. There's been nothing. But Esvis, I just want more longbows, honestly. <laughs> Says Mirne, 
11, 16. Thank you, Mirne. But she answered to staff, explaining the magics all held within, and she would explain okay. all the spells to you because she's giving it to you. So it's as if you critically succeed the knowledge check because she will, like Nikita, will gladly explain every facet of this this magic to you because okay. obviously she wants you to succeed. Once she's been she's done explaining how the staff works, she picks up the uh, the pair of boots and then holds them out in both hands, and uh, they're fairly tall boots with pointed toes made from a fairly soft uh, but thick green leather. It looks a lot like what Gelinor wears, actually, in his armor. Hmm. And it's decorated with bronzed trim and buckles. And she holds these out to you. These too. Obviously, everyone brought their own shoes, but the magic in these can sometimes be very helpful. These are Boots of heaven kind. It's part of our promise to you. Noble gift. I don't know what they do in second edition. She will also very much explain the boots of heaven kind. She's not trying to hide this from you. Because elves are These kind. give you a small amount of our agility, our nimbleness. And even those of you who are elves, it enhances that you already possess. Uh, making you better at acrobatics checks. <laughs> but beyond that, there's all new magic items in second edition that does a cool thing beyond just giving you plus one to stuff. And it's actually hourly you can use this. As a free action, you can ignore difficult terrain for a turn. Ooh. I vote for giving it to us. I also vote for giving it to Aspis. You're going to be so loaded up. You're going to be like the coolest guy. But... If you can ignore difficult terrain, you can get into the fight faster. That is true. I can, but I'm also very quick, um, and I already have an item that gives me a bonus to acrobatics, and I have an item that can increase my speed, and I have a reach weapon. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with you. He has a reach time. weapon. Yeah, he does it, have a reach weapon. It, re- it, it definitely touch you. <laughs> now, counterpoint. Uh, counterpoint, that's true. I don't really move all that much. But if you needed to. Yeah. I don't really move all that much, says Frontline goes straight in as far back as from as well, far back as possible. Really funny Once to have I get there, though. Be like shining full plate a cowboy head, these green leather elf shoes. Yeah. Looking like a RuneScape character. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what if S was in the front and we trying to get him back 30 feet or so? That's and... true. It has happened before. Those mm-hmm. bogger tongues are yeah, tricky. I really do think you should take the shoes, man. For one thing, I think they're going to look awesome on you. They're going to match your eyes. It fits your aesthetic much better than his. It's called he is big solved. metal, man. You are... <laughs> I'm just imagining like the camera just pans over to S. It's just milk white skin, solid black eyes. Just, yeah, the bright green just matches my <laughs> aesthetic. It's a dull green. It looks more in here because everything is brown. I'll repaint your mini. Don't worry. <laughs> Paint his shoes. <laughs> All right, I'll take I'll take the boots of Elvenkind. Besides, you're an elf. <laughs> and boots uh, for elves. I have two more. And uh, the bag that she had on the ground, she just kind of picks up. Pretty big around, like a, a foot across. Just a huge round sack with a rope drawn around it at the top. A loose neck hanging. <laughs> Magic sack. Magic sack. Open. Is there a fish in there? I'll open it. Confetti. Snakes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Two 
kinds of people. <laughs> Every time, open, there's always snakes. As you open the magic sack here, you see what appears to be an entire storage cellar down below you with what must be weeks worth of rations, numerous full water skins, mosquito netting, like lengths of mosquito netting, healer's tools, several vials sorted on a different racks and a small bundle of green vine-wrapped arrows. Resume, I think we can leave your ra- your wagon here until it's we get back. It's my favorite item. <laughs> Magic sack. Magic Inside sack. is much bigger than outside. I feel the same way about Espes. Um... About those vials, what are they? We have a few in there I think might be useful. On the front of that rack are six lesser anti-plagues in case mosquitoes or wars should befall you. And then the back side has three elixirs of life, strong as we could distill. Uh, also lessers. Okay. Lessers are pretty good. This naming scheme is crap. <laughs> <laughs> those are the 3d6 plus six ones. Yep. Yeah. And in addition, the small bundle of arrows here may be very useful. And she kind of walks over and reaches her entire arm down up to the shoulder into the bag. Like, her hand clearly would be going down through the floor before pulling out what appears to be five of these arrows with a winding vine around them and a couple little stalks protruding off of them. These enchanted arrows, special. It shoots with power much similar to the staff Resme has. You strike your enemy with this. The vines come to life and wrap them, holding them in place. Well, since you got the boots, we'll give the arrows to Roar. Yeah. <laughs> they do need to be activated before firing, though, so if you wish to launch one of these, it does cost an extra action. Oh, no. Because you have a huge problem there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I'm still bringing my, my friends. Why are dropping? Some place to <clears throat> sleep. You didn't activate them. Did, did you want to go without an extra level three spell slot? No, but I'm I will take those arrows nice. too, just in case. Just oh, those are for me. <laughs> too bad. <laughs> and you can sleep in the sack. This is all a gift from the leopard clan, from the twin leopards, from myself and my father. I thought y'all didn't do gifts. You are our guests. It is for us to adhere to your traditions. Yeah. Oh, that's well so said. nice. Well convenient. Besides, less a gift and more supplies that you will need in your travels. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you. We'll and return them when you need. We'll return them when we're done. There is uh, a little more. She reaches back behind her, on the back of her belt, Kitten. and pulls off. No. Another rack of vials that she has laced front and back with more of them. I may have taken a little more than they thought. (laughs) Six more lesser anti-plagues and four more lesser potions of healing. Oh my god, how many anti- So you have 12 lesser anti-plagues. Jesus Christ. We're gonna, well, clearly that's an omen for the future. Three lesser elixirs of life, which is 3d6 plus six. And plus the four we have before is seven. Well, but these, and the second set, those four four lesser potions of healing, which is different, that's 2d8 plus five. Okay. Okay, so. Still not bad, but four lesser elixirs of life, 
three more lesser healing potions. Three lesser elixirs of life. Gone, four gone. more lesser healing potions. <laughs> All right. They made it as hard as possible. So let's go to eight. <laughs> By making elixir of life and healing. So let's go to three. And five more vine arrows for a total of ten. Thank you. Being the party quartermasters, it's a work, it's a job, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, uh, you, you know, in, at that point in games when you start finding a whole bunch of equipment and we're at the save point right now, yeah. <laughs> and the magic sack itself should be helpful. Supposedly, it is possible to fill, but I have never managed. <laughs> Look at everything that is in there. That's you can feed the group of you for a month. Or him for a week. That's because you don't have my wardrobe. Well, it is, uh, it is large. It has a lot of space. It is not infinite, but it's capacious. it has a lot. And I did, in fact, actually miss another hero point that came through. So since I'm basically out of coins, uh... Take a villain point. Hold on. Are there more gold coins over there? Haha! One Ha-ha. left. She found a gold coin. Just start using. Just hand it across. Because oh, that's for Esvis. Arcadis has put this in. Oh hey, wait, look at no. That horde over there. I lied. Gosh. It was not Esvis. Give oh. me that back. Oh. Wow. <laughs> oh wow. I read the message. Rude. As, I thought the message said because we need more long range crits. It says we need more rage crits. Oh. Oh. It's for oh. Oh. I misread that one. I will do my best to oblige. We need more rage crits, good sir. And load this, it up. This isn't a to video whom game. Do I owe you can't Arcadis. rage quit. Arcadis. Brilliant. Both. Supplies from Nikita and the Leopard Clan and from chat, loading everyone with all of the hero points that we actually possess physically. Are you ready to watch me waste these on something? <laughs> <everyone else>. <laughs> <laughs> Way too many. Alright. I I hope that these supplies will be enough. As I said, though the potions elixirs we do not have many. Divine arrows are difficult to acquire. But supplies, then. Supplies. We have no shortage of. If you need food, water, netting, standard arrows, return back here. We will tend to your wounds and give you everything that you need to make your way back out into the jungles. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll be back with progress. It and is mosquito bites. The least we can do. We might even fill up the bag with more uh, tokens. I'm saying I'm running out of space in this one. Oh, we can put plants in there. I really am curious about the foliage around here. Hmm. So with that sack that you have there, uh, that can hold 50 bulk <laughs> of stuff that can fit through the mouth of the sack. How much bulk in food is it currently holding? Probably a decent amount, honestly. Let me actually look and see how much is up there. Because I... I believe a ration is light. It is. So it's, yeah, so it's not actually that bad. So... So a month's worth of rations A month's worth of rations. So it's light, so one day is almost a bulk. Because there's five of you. Okay. It's half. So every two days would be a bulk. It's four weeks worth. So it's 14 bulk. 14 bulk of rations. 14 bulk of rations. 5 bulk of uh, water skins. So, so it's it's a little under half full. Okay. Okay. Um, 
I guess let's try to get started while we have as much light as possible. Agreed. Yep, sounds good. Where is, uh, we should find Manali. And, well, I would not judge how you wish to handle yourselves, but that Valia woman been very intent on heading back out of the jungle. Where it's our culture, I would at least tell her if we did not intend to bring her. That's Um, fair. I wouldn't mind having an extra pair of hands. Well, we should at least talk to her and see if let her make her own case. Agreed. Uh, if her lack, if her failure was due to lack of preparation, if not lack of an ability, although I would, in my mind, they're one and the same. Uh, let's go find her, I suppose. So having, uh, she would have told you where to find her yesterday, of course, because she wanted to be back up, although she had disappeared for almost the entirety of the feast after having come and met with you briefly at the beginning. So you would find her in uh, one of the huts on the farther platform up to the north, one of the smaller ones where it seems like uh, less people live and many of the huts are empty. Uh, They're still maintained and kept, they're just not currently occupied. She would be in one, sitting cross-legged on her mat, reading not her usual book, that's visible on her hip still, she keeps that on her at all times, Uh, but reading another one with a backpack, her breastplate, and a rapier on the ground next to her by the foot of the mat. And as you... Well, you're just heading in? Or? I'll stop outside, and uh, I mean, presumably there's no walls or anything. No, there's so. a, the, now that you know it's there, you can just barely see there's an incredibly fine netting over the front of it, but that's about it. Okay. Uh, I'll just walk up to the front. Uh, Valia, are you uh, available? Oh! Uh, yes, of course. One moment, please, to prepare myself. Make decent, if you would. Uh, I think it would be good uh, before we go and accommodate before we go out on this expedition. Uh, if you could to tell us uh, some of your skills and abilities, so we would best know how we could make use of your of your skills. Um, from what we the the Ekujai do not like to talk of others. They always suggest. We will leave that for this other person to tell you about. She, uh, she closes her book and places it in the backpack next to her before standing up and straightening her shirt somewhat and uh, walking towards the netting. Says, of course, I will, but please, be remiss of me to not invite you inside. Oh, thank you. And swipes the, uh, sweeps the netting aside and holds it for the group of you. Everybody comes in, and she lets this basically invisible curtain drop and then turns, uh, hands still folded in front of her, standing as straight as she can, as always, looking across the group of you. Uh, I think you will find that my pedigree more than fitting for such a journey. Well, I've never traveled in the jungles myself, but more than ha- capable of handling myself in any kind of combat situation. I have some small magics uh, at my command, that I have studied in some of the greatest colleges of Taldor, under some of the most legendary of its wizards, who I can list off various degrees, proficiencies, and certifications if necessary. I've also been well-trained in various styles of dueling, uh, with both the rapier and the longsword. I can use either of them to defend myself, others in most situations, be it a standard fair engagement or something more freeform, guerrilla warfare so, uh, as such, as we like to find in the jungles here, against man or animal. I have participated in many hunts alongside other leaders throughout my journeys. Uh, I will admit that Lord Thaddeus Stutmore, who had traveled here with, I have very little experience with myself, and I'm not positive uh, what he got up to, so unfortunately that, that, would, that would be the nearest at hand able to vouch for my skills. May not have much to say. Do you have magic with which we can 
contact various uh, professors or scholars I've trained under. Uh, uh, not I, at such ranges, I don't think. I think we're we're gonna buy what you're selling. You don't. You you, you sound like you have enough experience, and you were probably just didn't know what you were facing or were ill-prepared the first time. That won't be so this time. Truth be told, I believe I can handle myself. The difficulties I found in the jungle were not for lack of my skills, my arms, and my ability, but for lack of preparations and items I was unaware that I would be needing. Uh, as I traveled throughout, I found myself befallen of these insects, the mosquitoes, that arise out at night with no proper way to defend myself for them, and my sleeping arrangements, my bedroll, woefully inadequate. I'm able to keep them away. Uh, they seem to carry some terribly virulent strain. I found myself stricken ill within days of leaving. I had to mm. return back to the capital. But since then, I understand that they produced some of this, letting the app here over the doorways, and have been able to procure some for myself, which was a bit of an awkward experience, as they don't appear to have any kind of coin or trade, and in fact seem somewhat offended by my offer of gold. But regardless, I have some now. I'm all prepared. I see. Uh, very well, then. Um... Certainly, it sounds like you're quite well uh, well studied. Have I heard of any of these people that she's talking about? Well, she didn't give any names. She just oh, she's just saying. Kind I, of gave a bunch of vague. I, I I studied at prestigious university. She literally said Talden, like Talden, like what I said is what she said. She didn't name anything. Okay. She, yeah. she basically said I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> a wizard taught me. Are we so, talking like online college? Yeah. Like, either way, it's still more qualification than anyone in Breach Hill. Yeah, yeah I mean, she studied under uh, the great wizard Breachton, who is in fact a human. He currently lives in Breach Hill. True. I didn't get educated there, but <laughs> that's true. I am unfamiliar with Breach Hill or this wizard of what you spoke. If he was one that taught throughout Taldor, Cheliax, or Isker, uh, unfortunately, I was not able to make usage of his teachings oh, or no, his knowledge. It was, it was, a, it well, was an inside joke. Well, It's not really a joke necessarily, but a reference to the founding of the town that we came from. Uh, Certainly, uh, a wizard, fairly powerful. Oh, so you come from a wizarding town? Uh, no, a wizarded town. Uh, a wizard was there and did set it up, but didn't um, stick around. Hmm, interesting. I'm sorry, I don't quite understand the difference that we're drawing here. So, a wizard arranged the town and created the situation, but didn't stay to teach acolytes? Exactly. To train any apprentices? Correct. Essentially, he founded a farming community and then left. Interesting. Well,. His motivations remain a mystery to this day. As far as I can tell, so do so too do those of most powerful wizards. They seem to be living an entirely separate personal existence of theirs, and their means and their ends seem to be inscrutable. But it's not our place to judge, certainly. I'm sure he had his reasons. Oh, kind of you to say so. Let's let's get on with it. I really do want to get as much daylight in as possible while we're traveling. Ah, so you mean to strike out to the expanse today, then? Uh, indeed. Uh, I would once again humbly is... request... They allow me to aid you, to join in your journey. That is why we have come to talk to you, to see wonderful. if you would be up to the task. I uh, apologize for our previous interactions yesterday. I believe I may not have presented myself properly. I have had much time to study up and prepare, uh, refresh myself on some of the various Serenite cultures and teachings. And I believe I will perform much better today. <laughs> it is greatly appreciated that you would take such kindnesses towards me. Thank you. Indeed. It is no true effort in my part, simply to enable us to communicate on proper terms. Uh, the fire does light the path of the pious, as it said. Did you tell her about your specific sect? 
The one with the specific rules that you have to follow. The accounting guidelines? Yes! That seems to be more the dom- uh, domain of Abadar, if I were to understand. Turn. Leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I may follow a specific. <laughs> I believe what she's referring to is the, the task that I was given to assist Abadar and Saren Ray clerics in finding a lost document. Ah! So, perhaps a bit of humor then. You are a cleric of all sorts. Apparently so. No, uh, not all sorts. Uh, all sorts is a different god. She'll say with a straight face and walk out of the tent. Something <laughs> <laughs> just for Dolren here with Valia. She sounds heroic. I uh, apologize. Did I offend your friends? I, the two that left are a tad bit on the. Not necessarily less sociable side. They are of a different sense of humor. Well, I think also they uh, mean to convey that the day is getting late. Uh, Perhaps we should continue this conversation on the road. That is fair. I know not our heading, but I am positive we have much ground to cover. I'll follow with you and, of course, aid in any way as I can. Please, I am yours to command. Very well, then. Uh, Come along, and uh, we'll... uh... Jump down out of the treehouse. Yep. Hmm. So with Valia, <laughs> here's your first test. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, Woo. she failed. No. <laughs> so, well, I guess that's one less problem. <laughs> uh, as you go to leave, she will uh, pick up her rapier, strap it her hip, and start putting her breastplate on. A process that looks like it's going to take a couple minutes. Yeah, I mean, we're not as leaving a, immediately that second. We're she getting wrong. ready to go. We are leaving yeah, immediately so that second. Catch she'll catch up. <laughs> we might be leaving her. We're not like literally jumping off the sides right then and there. Is there a particular platform we have to go to before we can jump down? Not really. Where the, 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 I think we can jump down right here. I thought um, there were certain pathways that they. I mean, there are some, but they're around. Like it's not okay. meant to. I mean, there's never one that far from you. Uh, so, as I said, be fair to you guys. Just. Yeeting under the tree here? Are you guys just leaving? I just have one hand on one side of the tree just and the other the and the window. other, and I just go. Uh, you, got, <laughs> you got everything? We're not, uh... uh. I'm gonna go get all my stuff from the wagon because I put all my traveling stuff in there so I don't have to carry it around with me. But now that we have the bag of awesome. Fair enough. I'm gonna go find Renali. Yeah, I think she's probably there. That's a good idea. <laughs> Let's find Renali before we leave. We're well, just so probably. eager to ditch Valia, we just leave Renali behind. <laughs> well, I think Renali, we would have planned that out. Well, but she, uh, I mean, she doesn't know when or where you guys are leaving. She's oh, just we didn't, wouldn't assist. have talked about that at all? We kind of slept you in. Kind of, yeah. yeah, you just kind of, kind of went to sleep. Like, you finished your conversation last night, and then Renali left, Nikita went to sleep, you guys went to sleep. We didn't plan any of that before she left? We're no. leaving tomorrow was pretty much the extent of plans, yeah. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> we're not a very plan-ahead kind of group. <laughs> I, I figured that would have been important. Yeah, and here, and here we are judging someone for not being prepared. <laughs> Sorry, I thought she would have brought food into the jungle. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe water. All right, let me find real quick, like, Rinaldi is somewhere in this book, which is divided into a billion sections. She's somewhere in the jungle. So as you prepare to head on to the the jungle here, one of you heading out to get Rinaldi at some point, for her to come assist with you. Renali, having her preparations, doesn't have any kind of weapon and only has what appears to be a very small pack that she slings over one shoulder. And a smile on her face as you come to her. Are we ready then? 
It appears so. The others are quite eager to go. Buddy is already sliding down the tree as we speak. All right. Well, what are our plans? Where exactly are we heading through the jungle? South of the temple first. We have to examine that icon that the cult left and hopefully find some clues for there. Uh, And then uh, probably further south until we can probe the limits of this blinding barrier that the cult have put up uh, and possibly also to make contact with... uh, the elephant tribe, elephant tribe. Well, let me aid how I can. Now, we had little choice back in, uh, it was Isker. Mm. I always struggle with that name. Hevekin Isker, I had no choice but to fight alongside you because I had nowhere to go, but I don't have much. I have some magic. I am not great at fight. And truth be told, if you ask me to, I owe you a debt and I will. But I would much prefer to help in any other way. Of course. Of course. I can uh, scout ahead. I am much more familiar with the jungle and I believe I can move through it more quickly. I can take a lead and prepare a camp while you catch up and explore the area. I can deal with netting and preparations so that whatever you find or wherever we go, you can focus your efforts on exploring. Or very useful. I could head out on my own. I do not fear the wilderness. I have lived in it my life. I can head alongside you and scout further out the rounds and come back if I find anything. That's very useful and very... It's a good use of time. I just want to help however I can. And I believe these to be my best skills. Then you should use them. Well, I think that would make perfect sense to me. Uh, As far as scouting around us, uh, I think we actually are fairly well practiced at that, and certainly Espis is a bit of a. So mechanically, Rinali will head out and scout an entirely different hex for you. Oh. And then come back and tell you if there's anything of interest there. Heck yeah. That's really Because uh, she can move through the jungle very quickly. Uh, and she's not concerned. She's very stealthy. She's not worried about running in anything. Uh, so that you can head into a hex, and she can head into a different hex, and then she can come back the next morning and tell you if there's anything she found there that matters. I love her. That's cool. Or she can prepare camp for you, and you don't have to worry about that. No, 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 no. I mean, we can always just stick Galia with camp setting up duties if we. Have to. Oh yeah, that's gonna go great. But. Um... I mean, is setting up a camp, like, what does that save us, like, a couple hours a day? Well, setting up a camp in the jungle is a relatively difficult undertaking because you really need to do a lot of things, and uh, Rinaldi can largely explain this to you. You don't just need to lay bedrolls down on the ground. You gotta do a lot more than that. You... You very much don't want to be on the ground. The ground is dangerous. You got to make sure that the netting is wrapped around completely so that you won't have any issues with the mosquitoes or anything else getting to you. And there are still threats much larger than the mosquitoes. So you want your camp to be, you want the group of you to be as hidden as possible while you're sleeping too. Mm. So camouflaging is a matter. I vote for her setting up camp instead of scouting. Basically setting up the camp 
is an activity that is going to take you some time. And then also gathering everything back up the next morning. But the time isn't really the problem so much as what you need the, the know-how to do it. Exactly. Right. I'd rather have It's a pretty do it. decent survival check. Okay. So to set up camp every day. That sounds like something that might be worth to yeah. lie on her for. Yeah. Okay. So, uh... Nonetheless, rough it. I mean, I have a plus 10 survival, but just it would probably be good to have the person who's from the area set it up. Yeah. You're going to end up setting you know, setting up camp inside of, like, a uh, army at nest. Hey, look, I'm a meat pinata. <laughs> just a I, giant pitcher plant. It's nice in here. I also <laughs> warm. I do not carry much when I travel because there is not much I need. Uh, the jungle provides a wide variety of uh, fruits and plenty of water. I imagine this journey will be long. I heard some of what Nikita was telling you. I saw your map. You intend to travel far. Supplies are heavy and you can only carry so many. I can also easily gather enough to feed the group each day. We have a bag of awesome. Uh, she gave us a magic sack. Just kind of looks at the sack and sees the huge pile of food in there. Well, then I suppose for now you are more than settled on that. But it will be good to know that we have a, we have a backup in case our expedition lasts longer than we expect. Maybe you can teach me something about the plants and animals and herb lore of this area as we travel, as I'm very interested in them. I will do what I can, of course, but uh, I believe I will be my most helpful if I am elsewhere, scouting or preparing. I think preparing the camp could be preparing very useful. Preparing the camp could be very useful. Agreed. So, are we ready then? Yeah, we are. Let's do it. And uh, as she says that, out from behind, you see Valia approaching, shining breastplate back on, rapier hip, and backpack over both shoulders. And as uh, she approaches, no wave or anything, just strides up to the group of you and then folds her hand in front of her again. Very well. I believe I've made preparations. Excellent. Uh, have you met Renali? Um, we had briefly at the feast last, last evening, but not much beyond that. Renali will be assisting us, uh, setting up camp ahead of us so that uh, she can save us that onerous task and any mistakes we might make. Ah, wonderful. Uh, Lord Thaddeus Stoutmore also brought several, several servants with him, but took them all with him. A servant will be very useful. Uh, uh, no, not a servant, a friend. She's, oh. she's a valued member of our party. Oh, oh one moment. <laughs> <laughs> what do um, I do when I messed up? While taking a look at it, um, I'm going to look her over. Is there any element of what she's wearing that would seem unacceptable for a trip like this? Like, should we have her, like close her jacket so her shining breastplate isn't I mean, like... Is Maybe the high like heels that she's wearing. The full high plate. heels. See, she seems as prepared as she can be. The breastplate okay. is much, I mean, it's much lighter than the full plate. Okay, there. that's it's fair enough. comparable to chainmail. She doesn't have really full body armor up or anything. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, we could suggest that she maybe, like, the eyeshadow could sweat into her eyes if it's too bad. Yeah. No, I actually think uh, that's... Excuse me. She doesn't have art, so I had to find a random NPC in the game yesterday. So... <laughs> I'm no poolie. That's, that's, <laughs> that stark white hair might stand out in the jungle a little bit. <laughs> he gonna hit you. No, it's more like the stark white elf. Yeah, also. yeah, that uh, that stark whiteness is gonna really, gonna really stick out. So no, she does seem like she is uh, she is largely prepared for this. All right, let's let's head out. And as you command, and uh, as you put the book down, uh, Lady Vanali, Lady, is it? And Renali just kind of looks at her. Renali. It is my name. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, yeah. Miss. 
Miss will serve. Miss Miss Vinali, then. Uh, I do profoundly apologize. I meant no offense. I just assumed by the introduction, as you were to be preparing camp, that you had been brought along to aid <clears throat> servitude, perhaps as a member of Dal- uh, Master Dalren's house or of Lord Beaufort or Miss Resmes. I meant no offense. What is she talking about? Oh, don't worry. Um, I can't translate that into anything. We'll uh, talk about it on the way. Okay. Is she okay? Oh, she's fine. This is just she's... how she is. Okay. And, uh, she's okay. Valia saying that it, it is, I, I must admit. Okay, guys, enough of the pleasantries. We're going down the tree now. Well, there's always room for proper etiquette. No. <laughs> going down the tree. <laughs> it is nearly noon, guys. <laughs> it would probably be realistically around 11 uh, when you would finally be getting underway, readying to head back out into the great expanse of the jungle. Are we and are here we... we begin our journey. Oh, we got token. You have a little party token. So, as I said, each hex on this map here is 10 miles through completely trackless wild jungle. So, you can, if you just, your goal is just movement. You're just marching, going as quick as you can. You can make it through two hexes in a day. That said, if you are looking for anything that's you're just going it's very possible you will walk straight past it mm-hmm. uh unless it is something profound or literally unmissable it's very easy to walk straight past things uh if anyone wants to take and that's also nobody is seeking nobody is scouting like nobody's taking any exploration activities that have your movement speed uh if anyone is doing any of those it will take you a full day to traverse one hex okay 10 miles of the rainforest. Well, I think we can we can probably just march south to the temple. Because we've already been by here. Well, the temple is only one hex south anyway. Exactly. So, and so we'll have half the day to do what we need to do while we're there. And, well, I mean, you would get there in, like, the afternoon. You would still have some time there. You wouldn't be, like, arriving in the hex at night. It's just that's about what you could travel and still have any time at all. You wouldn't have enough time to go another hex. Okay. But you would still have a few hours of daylight left. Okay. So here's a question for you. I have a spell called the Wanderer's Guide. Okay. I don't have it prepared today because we knew exactly where we're going. But the spell gives you an inspired path to a destination that lets you ignore all rough terrain as long as you follow the path. Okay. If we... How long is it list? For the day. Okay. It's a traveling spell. Yeah, Yeah, the worst traveling... One minute. Ten minutes! (laughs) Alrighty, you, you have to take it at the start of the day, and when you cast it, you have that path for the day. That is so cool. That is super neat. I think your difficulty would be not knowing where it is you're trying to go. Well, we're going to the you, elephant. Uh, other, thing you you have this. a direction, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but the elephant thing, you, I would say you could you could use it to get to the elephant thing because you vaguely know where that is. Uh, if you were using it to travel, like back to Acrevel, that would definitely work. Uh, you could use it anywhere that you knew where you were going, but when you were just because ex- you'd like the elephant village exactly, that would I would absolutely let you seek and yeah, take action and still go through locations. and still go through two hexes because I, I have to choose yeah exactly. A location. But so 
in the situations where you have a location to inspire guide do that would let you traverse two hexes in a day while still exploring. Cool. Nice. Uh, and it would also let you much more easily make your way back to Acrevel, uh, going as much as three hexes a day if you're just traveling. Also, the spell specifically calls out if you deviate from the path, you lose the spell. Makes so if, we've, if we're searching and we find a thing and we go mess with the thing, the spell... It's going to fade. Yeah, the spell would have So yeah, that's, that's absolutely useful. As long as you have places you want to go to. Yeah. Okay. It, okay. It, it, it specifically calls out choose a destination. I can't be like, yeah, this <clears throat> way over here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That name, way. Yeah. <laughs> the Wanderers? Not the Wanderers. The Cinderclaw base. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. in that case. <laughs> Off we go. How did you Mag- get here? Magic, uh-huh. tell me where is your rebel base? Well, it, it says search through the void. <laughs> so it's just kind of like a, a divine being says, yeah, you want to go. And you're, you're there. Good. Boom. <laughs> I love it. So the group of you vetted up with Rinali and Valia in tow. Head down to the south. Back towards the Temple of Ketaphis. Uh, you didn't ready it today. So Correct. today it is, uh, this is a journey. We already knew where we're going. There's yeah. no reason to have Ten it miles of completely trackless jungle that is going to take you almost the entire day to get down there. It is also a third level spell. But... As you arrive, after probably eight, nine hours of journeying, you see the scene much as it was before. There are the ruins of what was previously a very open air temple out before you, uh, spread around with various pieces and chunks, bits of stone floor still scattered throughout. There is, of course, Hunter's Gate itself, standing tall on the southern end of this. And with the sounds of the jungle around you, and at this point, none of the Ekujai anywhere in sight now, there is still that strange pillar left exactly as it was in the middle of the clearing. Hmm. Hmm. All right, this is... This thing is interesting. Well, it does look like the Cinder Claws have come back to reclaim it. <clears throat> Let's go and take advantage of this while we can, I suppose. The Renali, for the same reason you're not casting your guide, also just traveling with you for this first day. I saw that when we came through. What, what is it? That is what I am trying to determine. It is some form of conduit for the cultists, but we don't know the exact nature of it. We figured this is a good place to so start. So we destroy it? After we check it, to see if we can learn anything from it. What good can come of learning of the Cinderclaw's magic? How to disable the other ones. I, I suppose if you we, do not learn how to how to destroy a basket from weaving one. But you avoid being bit by a snake by knowing where its fangs are. That is fair. Wisdom, then. Well. Um, Resme is just obsessed with this thing, like, already. Like, she's already it. in there, like, just, like, studying it. All right, so as you look this over... Using your various uh, magics here, your detect uh, detect magic and your read aura between the pair of you. Uh, Valia kind of nearby. So, this is the actual portal then. This is the Hunter's Gate. This is the Nexus of the Ayodara it connects through. Uh, yeah, so that one over there. Uh, this here is the uh, the pillar that the Cinder Claws left behind that we're rather interested in studying. But uh, that's right, you wanted to come and take a look at this, didn't you? The whole I, reason you came halfway across the world? I did, I'm very interested. It's 
quite a unique creation. Ayudara itself, of course, are not that rare. They're still in use in many elven societies today, but this one, this ancient gate itself, is something almost entirely different. Like a prototype of sorts. Like bronze before iron. Huh. Well, there's uh, an... Uh, careful if it, you manage to get it open without the key. There is an angry uh, spirit of fire and darkness inside. Of course. I, uh, I will take caution. This forward and holds up a hand. Infinite Mijikai. And a little pulse of her own detect magic rolls out as she starts to look over the portal. You, looking over the totem itself, see again much the same thing. A near ten-foot post erected with a strange white, almost bleached white lump loosely shaped like a dragon skull perched atop it. You make me a religion check, and you make me an... Uh, Arcana? Arcana. These don't need to be a secret. May I seek while they're doing that, just patrolling around? Just yeah, absolutely. Sure. Okay. What are, uh, are you, Dara and Essence, what are you doing? Uh, I can just scout. And I'm keeping an eye on Valia. <clears throat> I'm trying to still figure out if she's worth her salt or not. Making <laughs> sure she's not going to summon Dayhawk out of the portal or anything. <laughs> hey, what are you, guys? <laughs> oh, look at this! Uh, 30. And 24. 24th. With a 24, uh, you would certainly have an opportunity to really look at it now. Recognize that the skull itself, the visage depicted in the top, even in its, in its unfinished state, is definitely meant to be Dayhawk himself. Uh, this is as much a totem as it is an altar of divine worship, presumably for the Cinder Claws to do, well, whatever it is they were planning to do. That would also explain why these appear to have an aura that affects the uh, Ekujai. That would make a lot of sense. Uh, it's almost as if they have uh, an unholy ground about them, so to speak. And it's certainly unsettling. Dayhawk's visage is something much different than a normal dragon. It is something much more powerful. It's just somehow something more. Because it is a literal god. It is the face of an actual deity. No matter how bad of a deity it is, it's still a terrifying thing to look upon. And it gives the whole area a very unsettling kind of air. But you, as you try to unravel exactly what this thing is, looking at it, you're able to verify that it's much like Nikita said. She wasn't wrong. This thing here is a conduit. This, but it's a little bit more than that. Uh, this post is an amplifier of sorts. It's not acting on its own. It's not creating its own power. There is no innate magic coming from the totem itself. It simply exists to receive a source of some kind of divine magic, magnify it, and channel it back to some unknown focus. Since it wasn't completed and it's offline, it's basically impossible to determine anything <coughs> further about what that focus might be. So is it in working order or not? It is not. Oh, it's not in any working order. No, it was. It, it looks like it's it's incomplete. So, 
could it be redirected to a different focus if I finished it? The thing is using divine magic. So redirecting that is something that, while theoretically possible, would also very theoretically just activate what it was supposed to do in the first place. Uh, Because it is a large focus of Dayhawk. So... What if we convert that to Serenade? (laughs) And you feel like trying (laughs) to finish or activate it anyway is probably a horrible idea. Um, So um, after about an hour um, of studying the thing, um, Resme will come back and kind of relay that to all of you and say, look, right now it's not finished. It's not doing any harm. I say we destroy it so that it can't be finished because... There's no good it can do for us, and if they finish it, it can only make them more powerful. Oh, I've got a hammer. Would that work? To so chop down a wooden column? Uh, well, it's a hammer. I could probably smash it real hard. I mean, it's if, if I think it would be an excellent outlet for your skills. Now, as, you're, as you're looking at over here, but this is hour of examining the thing, there is something else. There is slightly more... Well, not, not to the totem, but something else here. There is a small sack of thin, plain leather uh, left at the bottom of the totem that does not appear to be the Equagize. Oh, I remember this was here before when we came out. It was. What is it? Uh, it's fairly small, and the only thing inside is a single, thin, gold ingot. Hmm. A full ingot. Oh, like a half-hiding game. Would my religion checks know of any significant value to offering up an ingot? Well, I mean, it is a gold ingot. It is like the, the literal picture of wealth and value. This this thing here is probably worth at least like 10 gold coins. Well, it's, it's not particularly it's large. Dragon. But beyond vague connotations to dragons and their hordes, <clears throat> <laughs> you know of no specific relationship between Dayhawk and gold. Does it have um, uh, any runes on it? Or? The gold bar is exceedingly plain, with no features or anything whatsoever. Um, so who, who who's in the it. bag? You have, so you have the bag and you have the golden bar here. Mm-hmm. You can just hold it up for the party. The direction, what side of the statue was it on? The sack appears to have just been tossed at the foot of the pillar haphazardly. It wasn't purposefully placed Okay, there. I was just wondering was if just there was any significance like it to it. There. Okay, and the leather inside of it? Uh, the leather, the bag is leather. Oh, the bag is leather. Yeah, so inside the bag is, is just the gold ingot, and it's that's it. It's just the gold ingot. There's nothing else in there. It's otherwise empty. Hmm. I wonder if so as, this... As you're looking at it, make me a perception check. Sure. As you're looking over this little ingot. Little ingot is an awesome name. Little ingot. Just name a rat, little ingot. Uh, perception's going to be a 24. Well, a 24, while there wouldn't be any kind of sigils, runes words, anything inscribed into the gold, it's just flat. Uh, the gold ingot itself does have a bit of a strange sheen to it, as if it's been treated. Hmm. Um, Dolren, hmm? uh, you have some skill with craft, do you not? Uh, I do. This gold, it doesn't feel right. Hmm. It's covered with something, although I I'm not the one to figure out who it is. I'm not familiar with such things. Uh, gloves on. I'll go gloves ahead and on. pick it up and look at it and uh, take a, a, um, 
a small wedge out of his repair kit and just kind of scrape along it and just kind of examine it under the light to see if he can make out anything about it. Uh, I do have alchemical crafting if it helps. Oh, do you have tools? Uh, like, like, or be to, to like to analyze alchemical things? Do I need yeah, alchemist tools? Yeah, there's like an alchemist kit. There's like an oh, there is. Tools. Yeah, there's yeah, alchemist tools. May I have purchased and brought some with me? Sure. If you had alchemical crafting for this express purpose, the only reason you wouldn't have one is because you weren't aware that was an item. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> There's, there's the, so we'll, we'll give you the... Why, the yes, I have it one. right here in that case. Yeah, there's an alchemical crafting kit. It's pretty cheap. It's like one bulk. It might even be light. Uh, um, I know it got eroded to be cheaper and less heavy than it was so that alchemists could play their class and have one. It ah. is it is one bulk. There's one, yeah, one bulk, and it's like a gold piece or two. It's pretty cheap. I, I, so, I, will, I will splurge and get it. You have some uh, basic tools here, and it's going to take you 10 minutes to basically identify alchemy. Okay. On this gold bar and try and figure out what exactly is its deal. Gotta do uh, titrations. Meanwhile, Buford, are you looking to slap nitrate. this thing with a hammer real hard? We got the go ahead. I mean, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, as they're looking at the bar, what are you doing? Take well, it out. I have to, I, you know, I, that's what I was looking for there. Yes, I'm I am give looking. You a little inspiration here. That right there is an altar to Dahak. Well, I had enough inspiration before, but, you know, I thank you for the effort here. <laughs> And I'm going to just try and whack it real hard. Whap him. Just whack <laughs> this pillar. Which hammer you are just hammering a huge wooden beam here. So Well, I'd be going for the, the white thing on top first. I just crush the skull what, on top. It's, it's, it's wood? The, the totem is mostly wooden. The, the I'm going to set on. it on fire. <laughs> well, I'll crush the skull before we do fire things to the fire dragon. The fire god. <laughs> so, yeah, it is, it is, like, you don't have to roll to hit this, it's a stick. You just give me your damage, it's only how hard you hit it. Uh, okay. Unprepared, unprepared. Uh, that's not very hard, that's only a, uh, eight. Uh, with eight damage, with a loud thud, Buford's Warhammer smashes against the solid wood of the totem. Uh, well, I'm going for the white thing. For the, the solid wood of the carved skull, setting atop of it, too. And you hammer into it, but it is pretty spectacularly sturdy, actually. I'd be going for all the little parts. Try and knock off its ear. Maybe its horns. And maybe yeah, knock out its teeth. You can maybe, as you sit there, and whack it this hammering, just echoing through the clearing that was once this temple. Uh, Valia turns around startled at this sound. I just a little confused, just kind of watches when she turns back to looking at the gate while Darren just kind of standing nearby. Uh, you're just attacking the crap out of this thing. And it doesn't really seem to be doing much other than breaking little small points. Off of it, it's it's most like cutting cutting out a tree. Before how much damage? What is the damage that you do with your hammer? Two d eight plus four. So you could, after a few swings, slowly like you'd slowly be making some impacts and little chips away at it. But it's a sturdy thing, and uh, yeah, like he said, it hit it with a mallet. It's not. Spectacular. One of our, my, my, my geese arm. It, it's not exactly. Sure. Woods, woods I mean, I, axe, I, I, but... I, I could try whacking it with the shillelagh. What? As you guys are talking here with uh, all this racket, you hear a screeching hiss. As breaking from the tree line, you be the fuck of you scouting for everyone for the plus one to initiative here as you're looking. Breaking from the tree line nearby. 
you would see a gargantuan spider erupt out. You can borrow this in a little bit. Looking like a massive tarantula, scuttling forth from the tree line towards whatever is making this huge racket <laughs> in search of some delicious, easy prey. Spider just goes up to you. Do you mind? Renali? Oh God, look Your at brother's it. attacking me. Here is uh, your big old black and like, orange. Got plenty of meat on it. It's a hairy tarantula. It's a great Good big for bush. It's a tarantula. Easily eight feet across <laughs> this creature. Quentin Tarantula. <laughs> and I'm gonna need everyone to roll me some initiative. <laughs> ah. That had to happen eventually. I'll use the session points. Because I've heard that you're supposed to use hero points. For yes, a natural 20. Give me your session rerolls. Thank you. I'll take these. I collect. There we go. That's much better. It's not a one. Well, we got some new initiative markers, uh, thanks to Med here, just being creature making some cool stuff for us. So, Beaver. Thirty-three. This is so much easier and so much dirtier. <laughs> <laughs> Resume. Uh, twenty-three. All right. Rur. Fifteen. I love these. Um, I don't. Uh, they may be less legible on stream, but they should still be somewhat visible. I'm considering color coding them for what they are. Dalren? Uh, 19. 19, you will be in here. Esvis? 26. 26. Man, that worked out perfect. The spider's resume. like way That's pretty over solid. There. And I can slide these over so much more easily. We are team murder. How well do they handle the corner? They corner. The they corner pretty well. They actually kind of corner. Yeah, look at that. It's so cool. Where's the edge of this on stream? So I can go, I'll go all the way over here. I got plenty of space to spread these out. Uh, let me real quickly roll Valia's because she is certainly here. Valia is going to be coming in with a 30. And Valia can be a. I don't have a special thing for her. And Spider Bro. E for etiquette. I have an A and a B. Uh. Spider Bro, what did you get, Nesbos? 26. He also gets a 26, so players win ties. There you go. Ta-da. Ta-da. So, Buford, you would be the first here near the pile. Well, the, you're the one that the closest it from the totem that turned around and noticed this massive spider breaking the tree line, just rushing towards you. Ah, perfect. Good thing it's rushing towards me. I'm going to seeing, maybe kind of telling like it might have been the noise that may have tipped the spider off, and it might be maybe sensitive to noise. I'm going to pound my hammer against the the shield, my shield, um, and move forward. You definitely seem to have its attention. It's coming for you and the totem. Perfect. That's what we're looking for. Um, so I'm going to move. Um, uh, yeah, I completely guys, forgot uh, about this. You guys do. We, I know. We haven't had combat in like eight years. And yeah. here is a neat little mini for Valia. And yes, I will take back uh, Renavo. Thank you. And the stone pillars, uh, they are they're like pillar, pillar kind yes, of things? Yes, the stone pillars, like the uh, kind of sideways rectangles on the map, are still tall standing bits of wall. So those are solid and those are obstructive. You can't move through those. The okay. stone that's flat as ground, you can run across that tile perfectly fine. The piles of rubble are difficult terrain. Okay. The piles of rubble, difficult terrain. Uh, probably not for a spider. But, um, okay. 
So I will. I've got three actions. Um, We've got to remember how combat works. I know. Been a couple I'm sessions like, of partying with the here. elves in Akerval. We're like, crap, what do I do? It's fighting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to um, bang my, ham- my hammer on my shield, really try and make sure it comes directly towards me, uh, set myself in place. Uh, but I'm going to move uh, by this pillar. So just so I'm uh, right kind of behind it, just stepping maybe five foot south. Okay. Putting yourself up against the wall there. Yeah. And I'll just shield up. Okay. You'll just wait. Aren't you glad he's glad that I re-rolled that initiative? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Valia, seeing what's happen- happening here, will quickly draw out her rapier and dart for cover over here. Uh, jetting over, uh, jetting over back behind some of this rubble and uh, disappearing from view for a moment, ducking down behind it. Esfus. I will hunt prey and stride my speed back here towards Rur. Back up to another. Oh, oh, you want to go down more? That's fine. Like diagonal behind uh, me. Yeah, diagonal behind him. Okay, I can do that. You got a lot of speed. Thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Fast boy. Okay. He's a nimble elf. <laughs> and um, I will hunted shot for two shots. So. Oops, sorry. Ah. So first shot. It's gonna be a hero point, cause I'm not. That uh, that hero point is brought to you by Deadly Doll. Thank you, Deadly Doll. <laughs> Deadly Doll, Splatter Vespa's hero point since 2020. Since so current year. Okay. Uh, 28. 28 will hit. Mark that down. Thank you. And second shot. Uh, 19 armor class. Uh, 19 will hit and glance off of its hide. Uh, the spider seems to have a pretty bulky exoskeleton, and it's actually difficult for you to get your arrows to punch through just due to its sheer girth. He's thick! Thick boy. (laughs) Hey. Hmm. For uh, 14 points of damage. Wow! That striking bow's doing some work! Mm -hmm. One arrow thuds into one of its legs, striking, cracking through the exoskeleton. The spider seems unbothered so far. That's the end of my turn. And then, the spider very much bothered by the fact that Buford exists, <laughs> is going to rush forward up to you, just fangs bared, and bite down. You mean small there. swords. They are long swords, honestly. <laughs> the spider is massive. Each of these fangs easily larger than your standard blade. And he is going to bite down... Or that's gonna be a twenty-five. Uh, and he hits exactly, um, just managing to uh, get the hit in. It's just the sheer force of these fangs thrust down on you. You're gonna take nineteen damage. And I'm going to try and jar my shield up, just to take some of the uh, blow. Uh, and my shield hardness is ten. So you're gonna take nine damage. You and yeah. your shield will both take nine damage then. And I'm also, of course, going to need a fortitude save. Of the spider's mandibles are so large, you can't even put both fangs into Buford. Just one of them kind of strikes down the plate, and from the other fang, you just see a spray 
of a clear liquid jet out onto the ground. Things used to um, this is a uh, 20. Uh, with a 20, you are going to be... Reroll. Oh, you're going to use your half luck on, on Buford? Shared luck. Shared luck. Reroll. He's only got six hero points. Uh, that is a uh, 21. Ah, <laughs> poison, unfortunately. Okay. So, as that strikes, the poison is going to deal an additional six damage. Okay. As it's so thick, it almost can't even pulse through your veins. It's more like a spray of acid than an actual venom. Ugh. And then, he is simply going to reel back and try to strike with his fangs again, a lot more clumsily, as he's already closed in. They're going to be an 18. Uh, 18 will not. He This time I'm ready for it, and I can just completely block it. As you hold him off, Resme on the other side of the totem. <clears throat> You're up. Um, Resme's um, eyes will glow with fire, and she'll shout out, Ignis Inferno! And for the first time, you'll see like what look like pieces of a flaming volcano fall down and crush this thing under their heated weight uh, fireball. Oh, we got the whole freaking fireball at this guy. All right, what do you got for reflex save, Mr. Spider? Well, he is grotesquely large. He is still a very nimble spider. He has some decent amount of sense of danger around him. There ain't him. nothing itsy or bitsy. Yeah. As this incantation comes around, he is going to get a 32 on his reflex save. Uh, 21. So he's going to critically succeed. succeed. Wow. So the fire washes across him, singeing his hairs. His sheer guard seems to protect him almost entirely he did that whole from the himself. fireball. Yeah. It's the full plate thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Just no. <laughs> it's just not strong enough. Wow. And, and I will shield up. All right, Doran. Okay, so uh, this is, uh, this guy's pretty, pretty, pretty chunky. All right. Um, uh, first thing, uh, we need to take this guy seriously right away. Uh, so Monocle flies off, lightning blasts up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so bad, not so scary. And he ran up into range of you. Very handy, but I'm actually going to go flank it because I think we're going to need some help. So I'm going to scoot up behind it right to here. Perfect. Okay. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, following along as he rushes pie, I'm going to try to slash through its legs for a strike. Uh, and that's a 28. And being able to bring a, power, a lot of power behind your uh, goose arm, it's not particularly hard to hit him. He's fairly large. Definitely going to connect. All right. Uh, so that's going to be, let's see, 21 damage, lightning. 21 lightning damage. All right. So reactions. Oh, it's the factory. I, I'll, I will never, will be level 20, and I still don't remember that Raging takes an action, which will work out, because at that point, it basically doesn't. I think at so, that point, it doesn't, By the time yeah. we wrap around to there, I'll just be, a, maybe then I'll You'll be in the right headspace. And then Ruhr. So, seeing how the kind of blast of general coverage didn't work, I'm going to go with a more direct approach, and we're going to hit it with that massive divine lance, searing light. All right. So, that, I think it's a plus 12. I gotta- We haven't had a fight in so long. It's plus 11. Plus 11. So what do you got? 23. 23 will hit. All right, so However, I, it ain't this evil. spider is not evil. Uh, it still does 5d6. 
Does it? Yeah, it's five. Oh, it's six searing light. It's not the vinyl. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. This is five d six fire. I was thinking. I thought that an, was another five d six if it's a fiend or undead. Okay, so it's still gonna take a bunch of fire damage. So I need three d six. Yeah, it's just a big spider. He's yeah. not evil. He's just doing spider He's stuff. Evil. He doesn't, doesn't like noisy things. things. I'm pretty upset about it. Yeah. Twenty two fire damage. Okay. That uh, seems way more effective with the targeted fire strike, as this one sears through a large portion of its exoskeleton. Wispy. And uh, even as you're starting to hit it, you're starting to get some cracks, some flame smoldering on its hide. It doesn't seem terribly injured. It's so large that even these big hits are only doing so much against it. Buddy. Okay, I'm just going to step right around the corner of the, uh, the pole there. The um, forever film. Um, uh, continue banging my shield a bit, uh, and I'm going to um, kind of try and flex my muscles hard enough that the poison makes itself out of my system. That's that's how we're going to try and get that okay. out. Okay. <laughs> what do you? I've got the. So it's not actually. I don't have a poison card, so it's not really persistent damage, oh, it's, it's the not. only oh, card okay. I can give you. Yeah, poison is a oh, different okay, okay, I don't okay, think okay, I okay. a poison card. I don't have a poison card. You're not, it's not actually persistent damage. Okay. Oh, good. Poison oh. is more like a status effect. Yeah, it's kind of like a status. Like oh, you, make, okay, you keep okay, making okay, okay. for you keep making saves instead of a flat check. Uh, okay. Um, well, I guess... I thought that was some cult champion ability. You're gonna be fave flavors literally flexing poison. poison out of yourself. No, with, like, no, no, I thought that was... Or something. No, no, no. Okay, well, I guess before I move, I'm going to whack it. Okay, we'll give you and a whack. Then... That's what's understanding. <laughs> and then I will, and then I will move. Uh, it's not a, well, it's not a terrible whack. Um, okay, so that is a, um, uh, 23. 23 will hit. So fairly large target. He is a fairly large target. Aha, very good hey. hit. Okay, so that's a 16 plus 4, 19. Uh, 19 damage. And then I'm going to move behind the pillar and raise my shield. All right, take a little <laughs> bit of defensive posture there. And, and uh, fortitude, fortitude. Uh, it's on his turn. On his turn. So okay. you are going to see Valia here having taken the opportunity. Uh, she did not, in fact, just run away to hide. She is going to leap out from this cover, up adjacent to the thing, darting forward with her rapier, vaulting over the uh, small pile of rubble in front of her to get a strike on the spider before it realizes where she's coming from. And as she swings, she does definitely seem to be relatively practiced. Uh, she is going to get a 34 to hit, huh. and she is going to, with ease, critically strike this giant spider, who is definitely flat-footed and is also getting a bunch of sneak attack damage. So, all these dice. Maybe not so good at the jungle, but Pretty okay at the fighting. It's 10, 17. She's gonna hit it for 31. Woof. And with that That's solid strike, she will then again fall back quickly, retreating back towards this pillar behind it. And uh, call out, Samuford, are you okay? I'll draw its focus. Uh, not a problem, I've got its focus. Don't do that. Esmus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, first, I will take another stride to move back over here so I can still see it. 
Alright, and yeah, the difficult terrain there is going to be no real challenge for, I don't know, I can't tell what square you. That's fine. Too farther back. Too farther back. You're not smart! I Sorry. can barely see Actually, thing. it won't be any trouble at all. He has the boots on. That's fair. Yeah, that's true. Well, you, it's once I, an I, hour, I, you can I turn that up for one turn. turn. Yeah. Oh. It is a free action, but you can use that for one turn an hour. Okay. Um, and I will hunt a shot again. Two arrows. First shot. Uh, 21 armor class. 21 will see it. All right. He's and, a big boy. And second shot. Oh, I'm with your pills. Uh, that unfortunately will not hit. So the one arrow just again just clinks off of the hide. And this one, however, will sink into about the same spot where the first arrow was. Piercing that exoskeleton for 12 points of arrow damage. Alrighty. At this point, you can tell you are starting to pretty desperately injure this giant spider who is going to turn. And uh, with Dalren behind him, crackling with lightning, he's going to reach out with one of his legs. Oh, you have one, you have I still have one, one action, action left. Yeah. My bad. Oh, you're fine. Uh, but while it's doing that, I'm just I gonna... keep forgetting 100 shots. It's one action for two shots. I remember fine. you guys do something. I'm really bad at this. <laughs> it's been a long time for combat. <laughs> it's been a long time for everyone for combat, yes. And I will do the take cover action to get my free hide. Okay. With forest stealth. Uh, for uh, 20. Uh, Okay. So then this ranch will turn around, getting all these hits from behind. See this doll wren there, volley a little further in distance, reach out with one of its massive forelegs right. uh, that clearly has a lot more reach than its fangs do. As it strikes towards you, just sweeping this across at you, almost trying to bat you out of its way, uh, it is going to get a math. Math. 33. Ah, okay. I was going to say it's like like 12, right? And rolled a 12. All right. 33. Uh, 33, it's going to bodily, like, br- collapse Dalren's guard and just critically sink as it whops right into his torso. And uh, as he smashes you, you are going to take 36 damage from this. And it is, in fact, going to hit you hard enough to smack you prone on the ground. It will actually bowl you over. Okay. And then Oof. the spider is going to scoot. He's had enough of this. Scampering out away from this totem. This is not the meal I thought it was going to be. Buford, I need you to make another fortitude save, though, as this poison is still in you. Hey. That's a natural 20. Natural 20 critically succeeds, no longer in you. You're good. You overcome overcome the poison. I flexed really hard. You did flex really hard. The poison (laughs) You you didn't lie. You're right. Resume. Um, Resume will um, go over uh, to Dalren uh, to to, to, to try to unsquish him. I was gonna think you do. I think two strides to get over there. What's your, your speed? Thirty? Uh, no, I'm speed okay. twenty-five because I'm, I'm a half elf. Um, and uh, she'll uh, give you a hand uh, and get you up. It's all right. I've had worse. All right, Darren. Uh, we'll say she can use her last action to pick you to up, pick so you're standing. It's it's a wild animal. Just let it go. It was just defending its turf. Yeah. <laughs> He'll just kind of drop the geese arm, pull a javelin, and just throw Whoa. one to chase it. <laughs> uh, let's see, five, ten. Oh, it's it's in the first range increment. Uh, that's gonna be a twenty-four. Twenty-four hit. Took all the d6s. <laughs> they didn't even hit the fireball with them. He took them for no reason. Uh, Eleven lightning damage. And uh, with eleven lightning damage, it is. I'm sorry, thirteen. 13 lightning damage, barely still alive. This javelin is going to strike 
into its, what is it, the abdomen's the bottom part of an insect, thorax. Yes. Yeah. It's going to strike into its abdomen, burying itself in this massive bulbous rear of the tarantula and staggering the creature a bit as it still scatters to, uh, scampers to get away. Barely able to keep running. Uh, it's got one action left. One of the javelin. Uh, now just um, re, re, re-grip the, the geese arm. Going to need a reflex save and a d6 from you. What you doing, buddy? Well, I'm going to call forth a ball of bright light under this thing that bursts. Uh, spider in, fireball. In, in absolute flea in terror mode uh, is getting only a 20 on his reflex save. Well, you see, the DC is 21. Okay, well, it has two health, so. <laughs> but. We flexing. Yeah. <laughs> So. We, we flexing pretty hard, actually. <laughs> 23. Well, that is 21 damage more than is necessary to slay this creature. So, what happens to this spider as it bursts in the distance? Well, the, the burst pops from under it, knocking it up about six or seven feet completely off the ground. It's like it ran over a landmine. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> Before its momentum carries it sliding across the jungle floor, no longer moving. That thing skitters as it flies up in the air. All of its legs curl together as spiders are wont to do, and it lands almost in a ball, smoldering, cracking back down onto the earth, completely motionless, already dead, as it's kind of made its way back down. Well, I sure am sorry, Dalrin. You know, I really thought I had his attention. You know, it seemed to really <clears throat> dislike the noise. Uh, yeah, well, not, 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 not a problem. Not a problem at all, Buford. Uh, not, don't, please don't worry about it. After all, I was getting his attention in a different way. Um, Resme, with kind of a frustrated look on her face, um, will kind of turn around and um, looking at the figure of Dahak above on the thing, will uh, try to call down a magic missile on it. She's kind of done with this thing at this point and would like to smash it to pieces. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't, magic missiles will definitely hit. Just give me your, give me your damage. Are magic missiles combined for the purposes of DR and hardness? Uh, I don't think they are. What do you mean? No, I don't think they are, actually. So as you shoot your missiles... Oh, wait. Then yeah, the, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I mean, you didn't know the thing was, was resilient. You, you, I mean, it's a rage thing. You turn around, you shoot these missiles, and each of them kind of plinks and glances or splatters against this surprisingly solid totem here. I mean, virtually nothing to it. Whatever amount of magic is welled up in the thing what seeming is to shield it. on that thing? Well, here, let's try it this way. When I first came to Breach Hill, I didn't have a great deal of fun, so I had Valia, to take odd jobs. Valia calls out, Master Dalran, a moment. You, your ally, Lord Buford. You are right. It struck you. You as well, Dal- Master Dalran. I feel you? like it struck him a lot harder than me, but... Oh, it did a bit, but I've had worse. I mean, we've had way worse, woman. Like, we we, uh, we seem to get beat up a lot, but I think I would warn you to get used to it because that's kind of our M.O. Yeah. <laughs> uh, impressively resilient, if nothing else. I don't know that I've met any... Any man alive who'd simply shake off such wounds. Oh, but Lady Volia, you are rather uh, sub- you are rather competent in that fight. You did well. You used cover. You struck when you had the opportunity. You retreated to safety. Uh, 
well done. Well, as I did say, I, I've studied much of tactics, strategy, and way of the sort. I'd like to believe that I've committed many of these memories and lessons to heart here, and I've, I'm not out of practice as far as Bladecraft is concerned. How much bulk is that thing? The giant spider? No, the statue. Oh, like the big... The giant statue? The, no, the giant column. The, the totem. Like, it's, gonna, it's like a 10-foot tall post. It's going to be a lot. Is it over 80 bulk? Probably not. Cool. Shrink item. It's going in my freaking pocket now, and I'm taking it with me. <laughs> I am done with this shit this forever. This is a way to deal with the pillar. Totally is. Shrink item. You <laughs> shrink this conduit totem down. And then step on it. To a tiny little miniature. Pick it up and put it in your purse. Like, nope. We're done now. That's about enough of that. She right. says as she marches off to go help set up camp. Well, the two of you know the drill. Go on ahead, have a seat. Ah, yes, indeed. Yeah. Thank you. I feel the ribs a little loose on this side. Ah, I see now why you have a deign to bring a cleric of Saren Ray along. Well, it does help if you have, you know, like a team and stuff. He yeah. can also grow to the size of uh, three men when he gets angry. And then what is your proper title, sir? Don't know. We really is. Are you a father, acolyte? Oh goodness, we haven't used your proper title in quite some time. Inquisitor, isn't it? Inquisitor was the humorous title, but I suppose my actual title would just be priest. Well, priest Ashbloom. I do fear we may need great need of your services here in these coming journeys. If beasts like this lurk freely throughout the wilds. While dealing with these individuals, it's often come to my attention that I have to force them to sit down or they'll go until they pass out. So it seems. We aren't that bad. There's like, there's just one puncture Part wound. Part of your arm is hanging loose. <laughs> it's only one puncture wound. It was only meat. the size of a small sword. Well, so the spider's still making it. <laughs> <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Surprise! I swear I turned that off. No, no, a slightly smaller spider wiggles its way out from inside the bigger that was spider. That the first one it's we heard. came out. It turned itself back on. <laughs> anyway. I should like some, uh... What's the Oren's last name? I forgot. Oh, uh... uh Kaisar, but Kaisar, he did yeah. tell her to use his given uh, name. Sorry, he's calling it Lord Dalren. Lord Dalren and Sir Bates. Your fortitude is impeccable. And... Impressive, admittedly, but I do believe it would be best to tend to such wounds and perhaps not to ignore them in battle in the future. I, I'm not ignoring them now. Well, you do fight, if I may offer some small criticism, somewhat recklessly. You seem to have little regard for your own personal safety. Uh, we've, we've heard this yeah, we've before. I've heard this before, but, you know, it's really quite effective. Well, Sir Bates here at least bears the full plate of a proper knight and a sturdy shield, but you, Lord Dalren. Indeed. Uh, I try to make use of mobility, footwork, and um, some extra reach uh, to keep myself relatively safe, but... Things that would be spectacularly useful in a proper duel, you know, with, with ground rules and a singular engagement for honor or pride, but against a massive spider, a beast such as that, they honor no such, well, anything. Well, uh, indeed, and sadly, uh, my uh, initial schooling in this style uh, did not prepare me to fight giant spiders, yet uh, I can muscle through well enough, it seems. Besides, our, our, our main priority isn't 
it, it isn't really the, the most effective on how to get away from things. It's how to stop the thing from getting to the people in the back. I'll have to say, actually, uh, we do have uh, some more fragile members of our party, which we have to try to keep things like this away from. And if it does mean taking a few beatings... Of course. We can handle uh, Much I learned of military tactics, I studied in Chelyak under the Hell Knights. <gasps> and that, that, would explain. that would explain it. so much. Can you do their accent? Like, next time, like, you're mad at him and, like, you want to tell him to use, like, more, like, strategic things, can you say, like, what are you doing? I'm sorry, I've never really been much for parlor tricks or voices. Uh, we, we uh, for a while there, uh, adventured with uh, an Armager uh, who was vacationing in Isker uh, out of uh, Chelyax. How about on vacation? It's an odd search to me, but uh, it was a working vacation, at least so he said. He was a very nice person. It was a... Strange oddity, I don't know that I've ever had the, well, I suppose, to be the pleasure of experiencing. Must have been a very interesting sort. Yeah, he was, but uh, at the same time, he found our tactics uh, equally distressing. Uh, hence why we are amused by your reactions. It, uh, it's uh, nostalgic for us. Oh. It is. Well, if you wish me to bite my tongue, I'm more than well happy to. I uh, wish no. to aid you as I can, of please, course. Please, please, the... criticize away, but uh, please don't feel uh, insulted if we ignore you. Well, fair enough, I... <laughs> I had no intention of taking of taking any such interactions to heart. I only wish to eat to help us on our journeys. Still, your uh, your uh, plate there, I, I feel like you calling them off, call, calling the monsters off us is a bad idea, and, and, and don't do it, because it's a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, if, I, if I'm down, then I mean, sure, but... They can handle the beating, and if they can't, I'll just pick them right back up. Well, I know I may not look the sort, and... My current situation as I've had little opportunity to prove myself, but I can more than hold my own in combat. I can tell, so I can tell, yeah. We just don't need any more beatings going around than necessary. So, beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> Here, in the jungle, at this totem back at the old temple of Ackerville, I suppose we will end our adventures for today. I gotta heal first real quick. Sure, we'll, we'll go ahead and make a D here Expert. just to get it out of the way. Oh, fantastic. That's a 25. 25 will succeed. 2d8 plus 10 health to whoever needs it, which is the two people who got smacked. <laughs> two sixes, 12, 22. Uh, 22 health restored back, back to Buford and Dalren as you rest. Uh, spend some time setting up camp here uh, with Renali's assistance as she shows you some of the finer points on how to prepare all of these things and to ensure that... Well, you don't have to worry about mosquitoes, at the very least, because that's the last thing you need to be thinking about. And, everyone, thank you for joining us. We will return next week, same time, same place, 2 p.m. Eastern time, here at twitch.tv slash official Sorry about the...